We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Comment. <laughs> I would prefer the light background, you know, with some plaid mixed in there and a little natural daylight as opposed to the uh, dark room that you guys are developing pictures in over there. <laughs> You know, obviously I had to change those curtains after a while because I was getting railed on the curtains. And so uh, those things were gone and the shows eventually evolved and they sent us these nice backdrops and everything. And so like, it got all fancy after that, but it's the early memories, the, the party in Vegas, going to the pizza joint 15 miles off the strip for some reason when Gary Payton didn't show up and Dan Bach had all his balls and stuff to sign. And he was left holding all this stuff all night and no Gary Payton. So. It's early memories that bring everything back. And uh, I'm not surprised that it, it grew to what it is now. I could kind of see it back then. So uh, it's been fun. We're with Ted Chopper, David, the first annual Roto Grinders Party Champion. Really, I just want to thank all the sites for sure who made this whole weekend. Just everything it was. These guys right here, man, from Roto Grinders were awesome. Dude, this was a great weekend. I hope we do this every year. where uh, you'll get an entry if you will win the El Hombre, the uh, the Field of Dreams. <laughs> did you... you say El Hombre? El Wait, Hombre. That... <laughs> what the hell? What, the, what is it? I'm... I'm, I'm I'll in... be an hombre, my hombre. <laughs> wow, Rotor Grinders. Ten years 
such an incredible milestone for the company and a big congrats to everyone who's been associated with growing the company from then until now. So many great memories like the NFL kickoff parties in Las Vegas, countless hours spent recording Grinders Live episodes with so many great hosts that still work across the daily fantasy industry and tons of friendships built with DFS as the connection between every single one of them. Uh, kind of basically play on their site a lot, get some free roll action, get some great rake back. And remember, use that deposit bonus. When I first started getting serious about playing DFS, Roto Grinders was always about community through the forums, through the chat, and through everything else that Cal and Cam and Riley and Dan had envisioned. That remains the case today. So cheers to the community and to everyone who has helped build it along the way. Here's to the next 10 years, guys. It's the pool party night. We're going to be bringing you uh, coverage this afternoon on our blog and uh, talking to a lot of the finalists as they get ready to play for a million bucks. Uh, you know this guy looks familiar. Uh, draft cheats. Really happy to be here with uh, Peter Jennings, who I dubbed as my favorite to win tomorrow, Pete. No Dan question. Pan. Dan Pan right off the bat. I'm doing well. This is an amazing party. I mean, DraftKings obviously treating us right here. Uh, we got a batting cage. We got girls on rollerblades, drinks, food, everything you'd want. This doesn't suck being able to do poolside interviews, especially with uh, somebody who's a contributor on rotogrinders.com and seems like just about everywhere. And I have to say, definitely the most buff guy potentially here is one of the finalists. Jonathan Bales, what's up, man? What's up, Dan? Bet you like that intro, huh? <laughs> that was a good one. I could get used to that. And we're here with Napster, man. Nap, I promise you this light will not get you sunburned. I can't take any more. Four, four layers of burn is... is I got I got lava bubbles. What's up, guys? Uh, I have been growing out my hair in honor of my time at Roto Grinders for the RG 10 year anniversary. JM to win next to me right now, and uh, he's somebody's part of our community. Really great to meet him, and uh, doing pretty well here tonight. Uh, I have a lot of funny stories and memories that I could share here, but uh, I want to really just say, A, congratulations to RG for uh, the first 10 years of what will be many, and, and also just say um, thanks for everything, you know, um, from my early days in this industry and uh, being such an awesome team, such an awesome group of guys. So um, congrats, Cam. Congrats, Cal. Congrats, everybody at RG. Uh, can hardly wait to see what the next 10 years has in store for Roto Grinders. Things are starting to get a little intense around here. It's going to be fun. And, uh, hey, great meeting you, my man. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. All right. More live coverage coming up next from rotogrinders.com. Michael is uh, drinking a drink that actually belonged to Kate Adams. Yep, she's up there with Ricky, though. All right, thank you to everyone. Hey, it's Stevie TPFL from Rotogrinders.com. I have a special guest today. I have Ty Dillon of the three car from the Xfinity Series joining us. How are you doing today, Ty? I'm doing great. Uh, getting ready to go racing, but uh, having fun. Ten years ago when I joined Roto Grinders, I never thought I'd be working full-time in sports. For that, I want to say thank you to the RG family. It's been an awesome ride. I've worked with a lot of awesome people on the morning grind. I've done a lot of awesome things with NASCAR. For that, I'm very thankful. I look forward to the next 10 years, and the next time we do this video, I'll probably have even more gray hair in my beard. But 
I'm excited for the ride and appreciate everyone here. So let's keep crushing. everyone not dean here that's not dean 7890 who gives why would he have so many numbers here grant can you hear me through that mask yeah i've got the i got the headphone in there got it somehow fit um yeah yeah so, i couldn't let cheese outdo me here this is really tough to breathe in though dean i've heard you say some pretty dumb things sure i've been on for a while first uh let me introduce myself i'm brick divine uh, joined today by Tony, Big T, and uh, last second filling for Jordan, we got Chopper on call. I am Britt Devine. First power-up play of the day, Mr. Stanley Johnson in the lineup. I'll see you uh, back in Disney. Uh, I think I'm going back there in December, so I'll be wearing this outfit for sure with my nice little Cinderella purse, and uh, be having a good time down there at Disney. We out you. We out you. And uh, we out you. Uh, and good luck, everybody. We out you. Dean Chablison for Roto-Grinders back here at the win, the $4 million fantasy baseball championships for DraftKings. We're here with another contestant, Roto-Grinders' own, Taylor. What's going on, man? It's just early, but uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's been an awesome event so far. Hopefully we can make a little money tonight. And we are live from Las Vegas on the strip for FanDuel's World Fantasy Baseball Championship. And we're here with a guy who goes by Big T444. Obviously, if he was Little T, he'd be just <laughs> trolling us. Tony... Uh, great to see you again live from the World Fantasy Baseball Championship here with Paul Arrington. We know him best as Boggs Light. Uh, Boggs, do we have a marine layer coming in here or what? Well, actually, technically we do. There's a little misters going on up in the action up there. All right, Roto-Grinders, here we are. It's your old pal Emac just checking in to say congratulations on reaching your 10th anniversary. That is quite a milestone, and oh, what a ride it has been. Those of you that were around in the early days will remember those familiar words which I used to lead into many, many shows. I stumbled across daily fantasy sports before the Major League Baseball All-Star break in June of 2011, and I found Roto-Grinders a couple weeks after. In January 2012, I began providing written and video content for the site, and it has been a blast in the industry ever since. In the early days, it was a lot of fun getting to work with STL Cards, Beer Makers Fan, Notorious, Head Chopper, Al Smizzle, Dan Bach, and many more. When DFS first began, Twitter was just beginning to gain traction, and we did not even have any source at all for confirmed starting lineups. I remember my first on-air show was with Bills Fan 777. You guys know him better as Warren Kasoy. He had just wrapped up high school, and Dan Bach let us anchor the original weekend shows for Roto-Grinders. As the video content began to expand over the next few years, I have a lot of good memories working with Dean, Pepsi7, Boggs Light, and of course, getting to be the first host of Last Call, which was our original show leading up to Locke. That was a solo effort for MLB, but we soon brought in Kevin Roth for the first ever DFS weather report. As basketball rolled around, Fast Eddie Fear joined me and became my co-host, and we set all sorts of viewership records. DFS has been a phenomenal source of entertainment, and I hope everyone is enjoying the fun. Thank you, and once again, congratulations to Roto-Grinders for your 10th anniversary. With that, good luck, gamers. All right.
What is going on, Roto Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical. I mean, it's 10 10 on the East Coast, 7 10 on the West Coast, 9 10 Tennessee time, which of course we just have the flagship show here at Roto Grinders. It is called, it's called Grinders Live. Joining me today, the usual suspects. We survived week one. Week one was good for your boy. Hopefully, it was good for yourself out there as well. It was not. Thanks for rubbing that in. Oh. Grant, well, Grant, you like the Dolphins. I tried to warn you. Yeah, the Dolphins uh, aren't what lost me money. They did lose me some money, but that was not the predominant reason. Who did it to you? Name names. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> and predominantly going under the field on Jacobs. Just, well, I'm done for. Hey, it can only go up from here, Grant. That, that's that's the way it goes. You think that, but I got some money back. I could always lose it all. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's not play Josh Jacobs when he's like 3K. <laughs> uh what's up grant how are things otherwise besides the fact that you're broke apparently that's the thing about dfs though grant it's all about today you know yesterday who cares tomorrow doesn't matter it's today and today only so we're back at zero uh we're gonna tackle this slate in just a second grant i assume things are all well out there in denver for you yeah yeah things are good i'm sleepy i've been up since 3 a.m oh i will have a full eight hour work day in by the time football games start and people are waking up and you keel over like like uh, five minutes in the kickoff or something like that on Red Zone? No, I pound two balls of champagne and then drunkenly pass out. <laughs> as soon as the afternoon game starts, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do now until Sunday Night Football. I should be watching, but nap time is awaiting. I will sneak in a nap sometimes between like after the end of the, like, the 425 games and the start of the, you know, the late, to, what do they call it, the Island game, you know, Sunday Night Football. Uh, yeah. Once a while, sneak in the old nap. What's up, beer? You 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 have no time to sneak in a. Oh. You guys know beer makers fan because he won a a Fanduel Live final not too long ago. Well, so many years ago. Uh, we, we have a, but we should say this is the start of three hours here at Roto Riders. And speaking of live final, Squirrel Patrol is going to be on after us. He's been to like forty of them, give or take. Like I'm not exaggerating, or at least he's in like forty entries, I believe. Uh, Grant can vouch for that because he's mooched a couple of his, his invites. That's a true story, I actually. One of his invite. Professional moocher, Grant Eber. <laughs> Beer, unfortunately, I don't think you're Why right. Why pay for something when you can get it for free? Well, I, I suppose there you go. <laughs> What's up, Beer? How are things in your world? You know, from the six pack. Hey. I mean, that was the best point Grant's made all day right there. Something get something <laughs> for free, you, you got to run with it. And it sounds like a hell of a day over there. A couple bottles of champagne and, and pass out. Dean, I would love to take a nap. But unfortunately, there, there's football. There's work to be done. The daughters have softball. I mean, it's it's never ending around here. So let's get to some football, though. We're, Wait, we're, the daughters we're, have softball on Sunday? You got to go dude, watch some softball? Not only is it softball, it's a doubleheader every oh. single Sunday. So I'm hoping it starts snowing sooner rather than oh. later so we can ixnay the, the doubleheaders. You got you got that NFL Sunday ticket to watch? Oh, yeah. That's, I, I spend uh, more time watching my phone than I do the games. But, I mean, yeah, let's I'm, be honest. I'm, the, I'm there in up, spirit. I'm there. That, that's, what, the, that's what matters. The kids are up one out of every nine at-bats for their team, which is only half the game. You only have to pay attention five, six minutes the entire game. It's actually game. Uh, one out of every 12. They, they play 12 oh, and wow. they hit everybody. So you get even more time to uh, peruse the Red Zone channel. Well, what about defensive web gems? You don't want to miss out on those. It's, it's ugly, Dean. There's not many <laughs> web gems. I, I just hope they don't get hit in the face. So that, that's where we're at with it. I mean, if they if they play in the outfield, I mean, I remember back when I was playing, playing Little League, I knew that none of the kids were strong enough to hit the outfield. So I just hung out there and picked grass. We have no time for your nostalgia. We have to talk about today's slate. Like we said, uh, this is the first of, of three hours talking about uh, the NFL DFS uh, slate. We mentioned that Squirrel Patrol is going to be on following us along with Tambo after them. 
It's going to be Chief Meteorologist Kevin Roth along with Creighton and Mr. Tuttle. Thank you guys all for luck. Boy, speaking of live finals, uh, Creighton took one down last week, so congratulations to her. She will be partaking in the, I think it was the FanDuel live final. Uh, we're going to be doing some shout-outs as well. We'll do that later on in the show, but if you guys remember how that used to go down, we shout-out those that uh, sign up for the RG Badge program. Uh, YouTube, what up, YouTube? There's going to be a contest dropping. I guess Devin's going to drop it some point now or maybe some point during crunch time, which is later on. I don't know. You tell me. Maybe Devin will tell you guys. Yeah, he's going to be dropping it during crunch time, which, of course, is 1230 on the East Coast. Uh, and the winner of that contest, whoever is rocking the RG badge, will win themselves one free month of RG premium along with a shout-out from me next Sunday, which I don't know. Which is more valuable? Who can say? That said, uh, there is no better place to get in on all the action today than with DraftKings. DraftKings, of course, is the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars uh, in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, you head to the App Store right now because you don't want to miss out. Uh, you know, you draft your lineup now. You feel the sweat. The sweat's a lot of fun. It's uh, some good. There's some bad. But every run, every pass, every catch means more when you're playing on DK, obviously. It's simple. Pick your lineup. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. My teams are going to crush Grant's team for sure. That I can tell you. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm taking Grant down. That's not even a conversation. Wait, wait. Uh, I, I stopped paying attention when you talk, We're in the middle of a read, Grant. We're doing, you know, I don't interrupt you when did you, you Did you mention best ball? I think I heard you say best ball. Did not say anything about best ball. <laughs> Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million dollars in prizes. DraftKings. They've been paying out millions and billions, uh, billions since uh, 2012. So, as you know, they know a thing or two about cold hard cash. And, hey, not to humble brag or anything, but I may have uh, taken a withdrawal about once or twice over the years. I'm a part of that billions. Not a billion myself, but I'm a part of it. Download the DraftKings app now. Use code DFF for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at a millions, uh, a millions of dollars of prizes this week. Don't miss out on week two action. Again, the code DFF to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's once again DFF only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Uh, SharpSide app. You can go ahead and drop that there for the people that aren't aware of what's going on in the SharpSide app. We're still streaking for the record. I think we're at seven. You get yourself some money on that. That's good times for sure. We'll do the... Uh, Shout-outs later on in the show. Like and subscribe on YouTube. I don't know if they like so far. We've given no content in the first seven minutes. We're going to dive into the slate. But I don't like this. Why are we not talking football? Why are we not, why are we not talking week two? Play Ryan Fitzpatrick. Content well, right there, buddy. That's a thumb down. That's their thumbs down and their lead. Play Josh answer. Allen. Let's let's just talk more about Grant's Little League experiences. <laughs> yeah, Grant. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure people are on the edge of their seats wondering about Grant's Little League career. Was, did, did he say he just sits in the outfield and hear him say that? Like, that's, what he, that's what he enjoyed. I yeah. can see Grant being like a 210 career hitter in Little League. Right, <laughs> right on that Mendoza line. Not, not much Woba, not much ISO. I was um, the Chris Davis of Little League. Which Chris Davis, though? Uh, well, hey, doesn't matter see. at this point. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, Grant, this slate is wild. It's really, really good. Uh, I think we're going to be super, super chalky in cash games, especially depending on what you're building. But DK, and like, well, we're going to talk about We're going to break it down position by position, obviously. I think, uh, and DK, like the running backs are kind of sort of obvious. I hate to say that. And it's like, well, which two cheap receivers are you going to pick? Um, to kind of make things work because we live in the world of salary cap. We'll talk about that as far as – like I think the cheap receivers are really going to decide a lot today as far as builds and, of course, getting away from 
uh, that three running back build. We're going to talk about it in a second. That's super obvious for cash games. Greg, give me give me your screenshot. What is your what is your initial thought? What's your big thought as far as today's slate? Cash is easy. Tournaments, you just don't play guys that you play in cash. That's not entirely true. I think like running backs is the easiest way to get different because. I mean, screenshot Taylor's probably going to be chalky, am I right? Yeah, he's the one. We'll, we'll talk about it. He's the one I'm like most likely to boot out of my tournament lineups. As of yeah, right there's now. absolutely no point in having him in tournaments. End well, of discussion. Well, well, well we, that was the beginning. Well, we'll, we'll have the discussion for sure. Uh, what about like game stacking and things? Like, obviously, the Atlanta Dallas game people have been talking about all week, and you know, fifty three and a half total, and you have some, you know pretty clear spots as far as where the ball is going to go. In Dallas, there's a lot of options. They did lose. Oh, we should do this. I wrote down the injuries. I might as well. I don't have the body parts, but I have guys that are in. Please don't read body parts, sir. For those, I'm not going to give the body part, but we know Kittle's not playing football today. Neither is Le'Veon Brown. Um, Crowder is out. Godwin is out. A.J. Brown is out. Jack Doyle is not going to play football. Pittman's unlikely. Zach Pascal is on task to play. Golden Tate also on track to play. Uh, San Francisco, they, we said they're out with, without Kittle, but Sanu and Ayuk are expected to come back. Uh, well, I say back. Sanu, they picked off a waivers or picked off the street. Wherever he was at, he was cut by New England. Uh, Lin, uh, Philip Lindsay's out. Blake Jarwin's got an ACL, so he's not playing. Uh, Justin Jackson is out as well. Gerald Everett expected to play. as uh, oh, Kenny Galladay is out. This is kind of a big one, which people don't really think about offensive linemen, but uh, Teron Smith, he's got a neck, so he's questionable. Uh, big offensive lineman for Dallas. He's, you know, their best offensive lineman, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. I'm told I'm not an offensive lineman analyst. Uh, Beer, uh, your thoughts as far as these injuries? What are we monitoring most? Does that Smith injury actually move the needle for you as far as Zeke, as far as Dallas in general? A little bit. We've seen them struggle when, when some of those offensive line pieces are out, but uh, generally that's an offense at home that plays very well. So uh, it's, it's the marquee game for a reason. There's so many plays. Uh, in that game but in tournaments you're gonna have to get different with that game everybody's gonna stack it up uh, every which way every different combination uh, you're not gonna get cute by just leaving Amari Cooper off and and going CD Lamb and Gallup everybody's gonna run it uh, a million ways like I said so yeah that one's concerning o- other injuries nothing nothing groundbreaking I mean stuff that we already knew was here Godwin obviously is a big one uh, for those Tampa Bay receivers but uh, other than that the little little t- little tweaks here and there little plays uh an Indianapolis tight end that's interesting, some things like that. But uh, all in all, I think things we, we knew were coming, not, nothing really shocking here in the injuries. The uh, the YouTube chat's coming at me. Apparently I said Le'Veon Brown. You definitely said Le'Veon Brown. You kind of combined uh, Le'Veon and Antonio into one person. Well, to be we fair. We're going all in on Frank Gorgas. To be fair, uh, Le'Veon Brown's not playing football either. So, like, he's out. He is, yeah, whoever he is. combined out. They're all out. <laughs> He's like an attorney somewhere, but he's not playing football today either. But, uh, yeah, he's not available, wherever that may or may not be. Uh, yeah, like and subscribe. Uh, we do appreciate that over there on YouTube. And, again, this is just a start. Well, what, two hours and 40 minutes at this point, taking you guys all up to luck. Uh, it's all free. Crunch time is free. Everything is good to go. We talked about the GPP Savant. Uh, Squirrel Patrol will be joining Tag and Tambo after us. And they go through, like, a, how to build, uh, like, the lineup builder, which I was messing with last night. I was building a bunch of lineups and uh, – you know, I, I definitely learned some things on that. I'm not as savvy as that on that as I want to be, and they do a really, really good, good job as far as covering it. And they, they show you a lot of the premium stuff as well, too. And that said, hey, if you want to look at the premium stuff at your own leisure, get yourself $5 off. The link's going to be dropped in chat here by our fabulous multitasking producer, D-Train, all over it. Check out this link. It's incoming right now. Three, two, one, on it. Uh, get yourself $5 off the core four premium here at RG for your first month. 
football, baseball, basketball, and golf. There you go. Golf cracked the core four. All right. We're going position by position. Grant, let's talk about some quarterbacks. Who's uh, your premium quarterback plays today? Uh, I mean, Lamar is always in play. Kyler Murray is the chalk. Like, Kyler Murray is probably going to be the chalk is quarterback on the entire slate. It's rightfully so. He's been rushing the ball a lot. He's third most rushing yards since the beginning of last or rushing attempts since the beginning of last season. Going up against Washington, should be playing a little bit from ahead, uh, but you never really know. It's football, but Kyler Murray is just in a great spot here. Projects out as probably the top point per dollar quarterback on the entire slate. You got those two, then you got the other two fairly chalky quarterbacks in Prescott and Ryan. Both of them are playing in the game of the week, the one that everyone's stacking up, the one that you can nicely correlate with any number of guys that should be a big game for both of them. Like, those are the four chalky quarterbacks. Anyone else is off the board immediately. Uh, but I think that a lot of the off-the-board quarterbacks might actually be better plays. We don't know exactly what's going to end up happening, and the ownership's going to be through the roof on those two games. So quarterbacks I'm looking at is one, Josh Allen. Shocker. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What did he do last week? Well, this is a good time to say, like, okay, week one happened, and we have these results, and we kind of go into week one kind of sort of blind to some degree. But it's worth noting that whatever happened week one doesn't automatically happen in week two. Just because a guy gets 12 targets in week one doesn't mean he's getting 12 targets in week two. And we don't know what was an outlier and what was an outlier. If week one stuff happened in week six – uh, and we already have five weeks of data we can point to it and say, well, that was goofy and that was goofy, but we have nothing else to point to to know what's goofy and what's not. That said, long story short, Grant, just because what happened in week one happened, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again in week two, but yes, that well, was perfectly Dean, fine. stats, 100% of the games Josh Allen has played with Stefan Diggs, wow. he's gone over 300 passing yards and over 30 DK points. What's the That's sample a, size in that It's a again? huge sample size. doesn't matter. 100% of the seasons Josh Allen has played in the NFL, he's been fantastic. That is a stat. Um, yeah, no, Josh Allen, absolutely love it. Going up against Miami, they only have a 23.75 implied t- point total, but he can obviously rush the ball. He obviously has receivers. It's not in Buffalo. The weather is all right over there in Miami, but I absolutely love Josh Allen today, as I do every single week, but this one's especially a good one. Always play him on the road and always play him in a good spot like this. Other guys that I'm using – Haskins is super cheap, going to be playing from behind, probably going to throw the ball. He only threw the ball, what, 31 times last week? Didn't really have a great game, even though they won. Like, But he's in for probably a decent point-per-dollar day. You're going to come in at low ownership. A guy that I'm really high on this week, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm obligated to say him every single week, even though it's a tough matchup and really doesn't make any sense. You can just pay almost no money for Fitzmagic, Gusecki, and Preston Williams and get pretty much all the production but I just am legally required. I think an interesting one is Tyrod Taylor going up against KC. Mm-hmm. Like we know who's going to throw the ball to. They're not really checking down to Eckler as much. I looked into it and I think that could be a trend that ends up continuing. So Mike Williams is super cheap and he's a great pivot off of the lower price wide receivers. And he's a perfect guy to pair with Tyrod. They are really not paying a ton of money. He's saying they're 5.3 K, which is super cheap. He does have some rough upside and the game script is just going to favor him so much in this match. We only had 30 attempts in the first week going up against Cincinnati. That was a close game. This one, he's going to be coming from behind. I know he didn't look great in that case. He has a passing defense that can get him into some trouble. But again, week one, it's a small sample size. Don't pay that much into it. He still has upside to be an actual decent quarterback because he has some good weapons and has a decent rushing game. Outside of that, like long shot GPP guys, 
I think Goff is worth consideration. We know most of his targets are going to go to the likes of Cup and Woods. This game can play out in any number of different ways going up against Philly. It could be close, but they could be trailing. Goff, we've seen put up big games in the past before. I'm fine with Goff there. That's that's really like that's that's the majority of my player pool. I mean, I'm sprinkling in Trubisky, Bridgewater. Didn't leave anybody left, Grant. You left nothing for beer. Like, no, beer, I'm, I'm beer's just play, I left one that I was hoping you were going to talk about. I'm gonna, I'm going to play Le'Veon Roethlisberger. <laughs> I don't think he's playing football Grant, today. Grant left me nothing, Dean. There's I left no you one. Roethlisberger. I figured you'd be on him because he's one Grant. Of your best. usage today it's it's like uh, Russell Westbrook without Harden or something like that. It's off the chain. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we should mention as far as ownership, it's not necessarily very high. Just generally speaking, just there's so many quarterbacks on like a roster one. And I think it depends on where you're shopping. On FanDuel, I'm more likely to get uh, Lamar. It's not that hard to get him, especially from a cash game perspective. Uh, he's currently projected to be 16% owned. Brent Prescott right under that at 13 and a half against Atlanta in the Dome. High team total makes a ton of sense. Murray's next, then Ryan. Uh, I'm probably I'm definitely more likely to get Murray on DK with the price that just makes more sense. Uh, Beer, talk to me about my cash game perspective as far as your quarterbacks and then pivots to some tournaments. Feel free to uh, elaborate on any of the guys that Grant's thrown out on there. And I was going to say any of them he hadn't, but like that, I don't know what's left. I left no, him he, one. He, he left a couple. I'm just messing <laughs> with him. Our cash game is pretty easy. Lamar in cash on FanDuel. FanDuel's super easy. You can make it work. Why go with a guy other than Lamar who has the highest ceiling? Uh, it just doesn't make sense. Kyler is underpriced on DraftKings. So I think that's your cash game quarterback there. Save you some money. Uh, Lamar will be lower owned on DraftKings in tournaments because it's a big price. There's a big separation uh, from him to Dak, some of those other guys. So don't need to spend a ton of time here. Dean, Dak, Kyler, Lamar, these guys are all in great spots. I don't hate the Josh Allen call. Absolutely hate the Fitzpatrick call. So leave that one alone. <laughs> I, I do like Tyrod. I, I love in week two, going back to guys that burned everybody. And, and there's a ton of those kind of plays this week. He's one of those guys against the Chiefs. He's going to be forced into, like Grant said, they're going to have to throw. They're going to have to do some things. So unless they get shut out, that's the only scenario where Tyrod really doesn't put up numbers. So uh, one other thing I like to do is, is look at the highly owned like running backs. We've talked Jonathan Taylor. We've talked Derrick Henry. And go to the passing game there. You know, and I'm not a Phillip Rivers guy, but the guy threw for 360 yards last week. We saw what Aaron Rodgers did to this Minnesota secondary. You got T.Y. Hilton. You got Paris Campbell. You got Mo Alley-Cox. I mean, why go with Chalky Jonathan Taylor when you can go with the passing game and even go with Naheem Hines? It's like we forgot how much how much involvement he had in that offense, and it's all Jonathan Taylor. So I like Phillip Rivers there as, as a pivot. I don't mind Ryan Tannehill. Uh, kind of the same thing off Derrick Henry, who I do love. Uh, but Tannehill looked good last week. The team was playing faster. And then one more, Dean Mitchell Trubisky uh, in that game. I think that one could have some sneaky shootout upside. Allen Robinson not happy. You get the squeaky wheel narrative, a bad Giants defense, and a pretty limited target tree there. Easy to stack him up with Robinson and or Miller. They just paid Cohen. Is Allen Robinson tilting over there? Well, what's going through Allen Robinson's head? You talk about squeaky wheel, and he wants to get paid, and he wants the ball. Otherwise, get me out of here. And they're paying off. You know, Cohen, what are we doing here in Chicago? I mean, that's been the question for years. What are they doing? I, I don't think they know what they're doing, clearly. I mean, you got a, a franchise centerpiece and Allen Robinson and a, a scat back that's going to catch some passes in Cohen, and that's the guy you pay. So as a Packer fan, Dean, I love it. You keep paying the, these satellite backs and let Allen Robinson walk. So who knows? But point is, he's cheap. He's got a good matchup. Uh, so Trubisky to Robinson, a little bit under the radar here. 
to Rod, you mentioned him. He's super cheap on Yahoo. He's like 20 bucks over there. Meaningful discount on DK and FanDuel as well. He's got some legs, got some outs. Who do you want to pair him with? Ideally, you're probably going to mix and match, but Mike Williams is 4.2K on DK. is like 15 bucks or something like that on Yahoo. Or Keenan Allen or Hunter Henry. Who's your preference? Talk about Eckler, but, you know, we had checked down Charlie there last time. You know, last year with Rivers, it's like his dot is like nothing. Uh, we've seen, at least in week one, Eckler not getting a ton of passes. They even talked about, like, he's probably not going to get the same amount of work he had last year. So it feels like uh, Taylor should probably be paired with Williams or Allen. Who is your preference? Preference is Keenan Allen. And Mike Williams is great. He was getting targeted down the field. I don't hate that. He's cheaper. You get the big playability. Hunter Henry got a lot of targets. You can go that route. Uh, but Allen will be the guy that's forgotten. So you talk about a low-owned stack. Nobody's playing Tyrod. And I don't love Keenan Allen outside of a pairing with Tyrod, but uh, he would be the guy. And I'm not ready to write off Austin Eckler yet. He kind of fits that that bill as well as guys that you can go back to. More so on DraftKings, hoping that usage goes up in the passing game. But I did see a lot of carries in that game. So it's not like he's not getting enough work. Would love to see more targets. And against the Chiefs, we saw what David Johnson did in the passing game. So uh, if they can get Eckler involved, he's another guy going to be very, very low on today. Hey, speaking of guys that have forgotten, not the greatest spot in the world against the Chargers, who probably want to like just control the ball and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, but I think Kansas City Mahomes, and that's a good start of like Casey in general. They're going to be mostly buried in the slate. Did you agree with that? Are you going to be over, under? Like, hopefully they don't go go nuts and kind of stay away. What's your thoughts as far as the Chiefs and Mahomes in general? Yeah, agreed. They'll be low on for sure. We're showing Mahomes at five, six percent. I mean, it's just tough to stack them because it's so expensive. But there is enough value where you can make it work. Uh, I'm kind of picking more individual pieces. I want to work more Mahomes in my lineups. But I love Kelsey in the spot. They have some great corners there uh, that could shut down those receivers. And I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire, one of those higher-end running backs we'll talk about, uh, that's not going to have any ownership because it's all going to go to Zeke, Derrick Henry, and Jonathan Taylor. So more so picking pieces. I have stacked that game uh, with Tyrod as the quarterback and going to try to do it with Mahomes as well. Yeah, you can do it with Tyrod, and then you kind of run it back the other side with Hill or run it back with Kelsey. And we'll talk to those positions specifically. Tight end. I think most people are just going to punt it because salary is a thing. And there's a lot of, at least on paper, appealing tight ends that are pretty cheap that can kind of make things work for you. Grant, put a bow uh, on the quarterbacks. There's a bunch. I mean, we were joking, all the guys you mentioned. Uh, there's a bunch we haven't really talked about. And by the way, uh, we, we were talking about Minnesota, like facing Minnesota. Name brand, they are a good defense. They're not good. I don't know if that, the word's out just yet. Like we think we know at this point, but they're not expected to be good. That secondary, especially, is a mess. So you can definitely pick on that Minnesota secondary there. Um, but give me your final thoughts here, Grant, as far as quarterbacks before we move on to talk about running backs. Stack up the Dallas game, off the board quarterbacks, Josh Allen, and we didn't – I was waiting for Beer to go into him, but I guess he didn't want to. Uh, ben Roethlisberger makes a great GPP play. It's Big Ben. Like, everyone's going off of week one. He had a little bit of rust in the first half, kind of brushed it off. This is week two. We know that he's going to throw – to his wide receivers, if he has a big game, Juju and Johnson or James Washington are going to have a big game. Lots of upside, even in a tougher matchup, but the Broncos' defense isn't the same as it used to be. So, yeah, Big Ben is a guy that I really like for tournaments. Him and Josh Allen are probably two of my favorites. Give me this. Give me your favorite pairing with Dak and your favorite pairing with Big Ben. Favorite pairing with Big Ben is Juju. Favorite pairing with Dak, no surprise, is probably Cooper. But again, you can get those are two that you can go any which way. All right, we've kind of teased it. We talked about running backs throughout the show. Kind of just kind of mentioned it, but yeah, there are three super super chalky running backs that make a ton of sense as far as your cash game build. 
just, I mean, I, I was talking to other people. Everybody basically is on the same thing, and depending on where you're shopping, it might be like a 2v2 or a 3v3 with your defense and a couple receivers or something like that, or which team tight end you have to be picking. So cash games are going to be a lot of fun this week, but we're firing away. It's going to be good times for sure. I'm in the lobby. Come scoop me up. It'll be good times. Um, all right, beer. Let's start. By the way, beer. I, I bet, I bet uh, Grant probably knows this because he's more uh, – well, I don't know how much you partake in the sports book and things like that. Do you know what Derrick Henry's player prop is today is over under as far as rushing yards? I looked earlier. I want to say 112 and a half, something in that range. Unless it changed this morning, it was 118 last yeah. night. Have we ever seen a total that high before, Grant, for a running back in the NFL? I don't know if we have. I'm sure we have when Adrian Peterson was going up against an easy run defense back in 2015 uh, when he went for two, over 2,000 rushing yards. And I think we had it a few times with Jamal Charles. And I think we had it a few times with one other guy. Who was it for Baltimore? I don't way know. back it in two thousand one. It was like a Jamal Lewis. <laughs> this this isn't important. DJ two K it happened a few times. Clinton Portis back when he was with the Broncos when we went for an average of hundred and OJ Simpson Dean, I'm sure he had a he had a pretty big prop. Walter <laughs> Payton back in seventy five. What about Gale Sayers? What was his prop? Yeah, he, he had to hit him. He had to hit a one twenty. But the but point is that's a huge number. So yes. Of all these chalky running backs, and we're talking Henry, Zeke, and Jonathan Taylor, Henry's the one I want. I mean, he's the one I feel the safest about, the one that that could smash here. Where the other guys, Dallas, you could have the passing game go nuts, and Zeke maybe gets 90, 100 yards but doesn't find the box. Taylor, I still don't see the the disrespect for Naeem Hines. I, I just don't get it. You know I love Jonathan Taylor being a Wisconsin fan, but at these kind of ownerships, I'm with Grant. That's an easy fade. And if Jonathan Taylor beats me, so be it. But at 40%, easy stay away. Get, get them in cash games and have your exposure there. But tournaments, there's too many good running backs that are going to be 5% owned, 7% owned. That could smash what Jonathan Taylor does. Don't eat that chalk in tournaments. I said there's a comment in chat. Just have the guy with the beard say Yahoo again. And like that's definitely not me, but I'm not sure who they're talking about. They're, talking, Yahoo. they're definitely talking Grant because I say it properly. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, so Taylor is total, again, player props are only so sharp sometimes. It's 56 and a half as far as they're rushing total for Taylor. Uh, he's a guy I know – you probably can speak to this beard more than more than any of us as far as college. He wasn't a guy that was known for catching the ball very much, but isn't that historically what Wisconsin does? They don't really throw to their running backs. I think that's kind of. Yeah. Kind of, they, they don't get a lot of opportunity to catch the ball. I mean, he, he didn't get a ton of targets there. So that, that doesn't mean a guy doesn't have the ability to do it. He's just never been asked to do it before. And we know Phillip rivers loves to throw those running backs. So uh, they're both going to catch passes out of the backfield. And so you do get upside there. Obviously the touchdown equity is huge and the price uh, is egregious. So I, I get why he's popular, but again, a 40% on running back like that, that it's an easy fade. If we had no other alternatives to go to, I, it makes sense, but we have a plethora of running backs that we can play here at, at minimal ownership. Well, yeah, well, let's give the plethora in a second. And as far as ownership, yeah, Taylor, Henry, and Elliot all projected to be over 26% in tournaments. Uh, let's get to the pivots because uh, Drake, you know, CEH, it's such a wild week where we have a ton of like value receivers and nobody wants to pay for, for McCaffrey. And I understand why I get why it's not a great matchup. And, you know, we have these good plays that are like too meaningfully different as far as a discount, but uh, talking about the pivots and then talking about like, will you play some McCaffrey or it's just like, because we have the money and I'm not playing a much either, which is just sort of weird. 
Definitely feels weird. Not not playing. I don't have much at all. I mean, you, you look at the matchup. We hate that matchup. Tampa Bay did a great job holding him down. They're going to be great against running backs. We know that. But it always feels weird going into a slate without this guy because he can pop off against anybody. So uh, the price makes it tough. Uh, the matchup makes it tough. But this is the lowest ownership we're going to get on him. So personally, I don't have much, if any, right now. I think I have a share or two. And I don't know if that's going to change just because of those factors. So terrifying, but uh, I'm going to be under the field, even at that that minimal ownership that he already has. It's going to be around probably 10, 12% or something like that, which is not a big number for McCaffrey historically. It was all jamming in last year. You know, different situation, obviously. Grant, well, Grant, first, tell me this. Uh, the running back, I used to fade them all, whatever, but who's the one you want to fade first and the one you want to fade least amongst Taylor, Henry, and Elliott in tournaments? Elliott's the least. I want to fade all three of them in tournaments. I am predominantly fading all three in tournaments. There's no reason to use Taylor in tournaments. Like, I get he could get there. I don't care if he gets there. Like, it'll lose me money, but I know it's absolutely the right decision not to play Taylor in tournaments because there's just too many other options. Zeke, at that ownership, I don't want to play him unless I'm doing game script dependent. And Henry, I just don't really want to play. Like, yes, he could, should end up going over 100 yards rushing. Yes, he should get a touchdown, but this is DFS. You're paying 7.9K, and there's lots of other guys in that same price range. I would rather go with Barkley. I'd rather go with Cook. Realistically, both of them have the same upset. Yeah, it's and Cook and Barkley are both expected to have less than 10% as far as their ownership. And it, it, Barkley is a perfect guy to have the conversation of like what happened last week doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen this week. And by the way, I know you, you've been partaking in this grant. There's been some sportsbook promos out there. Like I saw, like it was like the Broncos, like plus 100 points. Like they guarantee you a win, essentially. I think there was a bet they had out there in one of the cities or one of the states. Uh, Barkley like had to get like nine and a half yards to win your bet, and he didn't get it last week. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? I didn't know about that. I guarantee it was probably over in New Jersey they had that. Oh. And that is hilarious. He didn't get there. It was People have been, it's your free money, essentially. And, of course, he had like 10 carries for six yards or so. That's like, that's kind of hard to do. Uh, who's most likely to, to rebound? I guess you like Barkley, you like Cook, you like them both. Who do you prefer amongst those two? I prefer Barkley. Um, but there's a price discrepancy. Cook, like going up against Indy, they play Tampa 2 defense. They're probably going to end up checking down to Cook a lot. People are going to look at the first week and see they only got two targets. But you look back to last year, that was absolutely not the case. Diggs is no longer there, so there's more targets to go around, especially with everyone outside of Thielen not really being great in this offense. So he averaged, I think, five or six targets a game last season. It should actually see an increase here. He gets eight targets. He gets six catches. I mean, Saquon, we talk about how bad he was last week. He still ended up with 12 and a half points because of his pass game work. Sure. It's going to be similar with Cook, but both of them, I think, have a decent chance to outscore Henry and are drastically, drastically less owned. And both of them are very involved in the receiving game. But if I had to pick between the two, I think Barkley's probably the better choice. Uh, we got Andrew here in chat saying, what's up, chat? Uh, like and subscribe. We do appreciate that. It helps us out. The old analytics. Smash, cuddle, caress, whatever you want to do that like button. Said uh, that bet apparently was in Jersey, and he bet on that. Well, of course you bet on that. How do you not bet the over at like nine yards? That is brutal. Bobby said he's got 33% Barkley today, which I understand why. This guy gets it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's Ricky Bobby style for sure. And, like, why can't he go? He could be the top running back in the slate. It wouldn't be nuts at all. Uh, How is that Ricky Bobby? He doesn't put up bad games too often. I don't know. What We just roll with the punches. Over 50% of the game since he's been in the league, he's been over 20 points. 
I was told on this show, you, you gave me a sample size of one game because Diggs did okay. Or like, what was your ridiculous sample? Never mind. Uh, hey, uh, what do you have for me, Beer? We, we kind of skipped over Drake. Uh, Drake oh, I thought we were like, waiting to go to the mid-tier. Well, no, I'm going by, by, by the ownership percentage. I'm on, I'm on HQ right now, kind of jumping around. But I kind of skipped over him. Like, Jones is in the conversation. I know Fournette's lurking. And I think Fournette, I think the, like, the longer the year goes, the more like he's going to eat on Jones, unless I just say like Fournette's toast, which that might happen as well too. Um, you know, but Tampa obviously has got a healthy total there against Carolina, positive game script as well. We su- suspect they will be ahead up on Carolina, who's pretty terrible. Uh, Greg, get, get, not Greg, Beer, give me, a, give me your thoughts uh, on Jones and Mostert there in San Francisco. Again, another uh, game what we suspect. Sam Graham's just be how to grind this game out and take the victory on the Jets, who are pretty putrid. And without the two, their two, uh, two of the big offensive weapons, well, by default, I say big offensive weapons. And then Drake, do you love the Drake? I, I'm gonna... act like I forgot about Drake. <laughs> oh, well. There you go. We have that. So, uh, Barkley, I agree. I, I think that's a phenomenal play today. The, the Spares D is not what they were a few years ago. We know he's going to be involved in the passing game. I think that game has shootout potential. So, really like him. Love the point on Dalvin Cook. Uh, he, I don't get why there's no ownership there. Uh, he's a guy I'm going to be heavy on in tournaments. Uh, Aaron Jones, another one. You know, we haven't talked much Packers. We didn't bring up Aaron Rodgers, who crushed it last week. Uh, unfortunately, I was off of Aaron Rodgers. So, that hurt, but uh, Aaron Jones looked good as well, and he's going to be 3% owned here. This Detroit defense uh, is in shambles, mainly in the secondary, but uh, this is a team Green Bay should be able to do whatever they want. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, another one that's going to go overlooked. So uh, it's easy to pivot to some of these guys uh, in the higher range even uh, just to be different right there. You, don't, you know, you can have the same type of build at, that you wanted to go with the high-end running backs, just plug different names in uh, and get lower, expo- lower uh, ownership exposure there. So uh, as far as Drake, I don't have a ton. I mean, uh, the, the Washington front is pretty stout. Uh, we've seen Chase Edmonds be involved in that offense. So he's one that, you know, the price is fair, no doubt. I, I don't hate the matchup here, but I don't love it either. So uh, he's kind of in that middle range of ownership where I think you can get away from that ownership as well and, and go to the, some of these other names uh, we've mentioned. So Ronald Jones is a guy that I love uh, in the mid range. And it's Leonard Fournette is not going to this week in a dig in huge into that. I agree, Dean. It's going to, over the course of the season, we're going to see a changing of the guard there, but it's not going to be in week two, and he's not going to get a better matchup all season long than he will with this Carolina defense. It's windy there, so maybe that lends more towards the running game, but uh, we saw last week that team give up about 15 touchdowns to Josh Jacobs. (laughs) I I love Ronald Jones in the mid-range, and I'm surprised the ownership is this low on him. Well, I mean, you can only roster so many players, and there's so many good players, and that's the reason why I think the ownership kind of gets squeezed. Uh, Miles Sanders feels like an, a really, really interesting wild card. Uh, How is it a wild card? Well, because nobody wants to play him because they don't know what it, what it's going to look like. He was injured. I, he I wasn't love injured. Him, he was, yeah, we don't know what, what his usage is going to be today. Like they might unload him and just say, "Here is 80 percent of the snaps." And he's super interesting, but it's possible they're kind of ease him in because he was – now, I know he's off the injury report, but he was injured last week, and that's sort of a weird thing. You're, I mean, maybe the last week they just thought they didn't need him and they're just going to kind of, you know, baby him the first week. I don't know what the thought process is there. And anybody who says they do know what Philadelphia was doing there, I don't know. Um, because they were just sort of weird with as far as their injury reporting. Grant, you feel fully confident, I guess, that Sanders is going to get his, you know, 70 80% of the snaps or something like that because that's the case. He's an amazing tournament player. I mean, I, I like judging for, I know hamstrings are a weird injury, but he said that he was probably ready to go last week and he was going to be the chalk. Like 
If I remember correctly, he was probably going to be around 30% owned. And that was that. I mean, I get the matchup's different, but he's coming in at 6.5% projected ownership right now. That is silly. This guy has a lot of talent. He could be heavily, heavily involved in the offense. We know the type of talent that he has. If he gets the full workload, if he gets 20 carries, he has 35-point upside. He can absolutely do that. He's involved in the passing game. I love Sanders today. Like, I love staying in this range. All the guys outside of Taylor is the one guy I don't want to play in this range in tournaments because why would I do that at 35% ownership? When we have Sanders, Drake, Beer already talked about, I don't need to say anything. David Johnson, who is apparently worth more than DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> and he is without Duke Johnson. He's going to be heavily involved in the offense. I get it's a tough matchup going up against Baltimore. And they're probably going to be coming from behind. But this guy is a guy that can absolutely get six, eight, ten targets in any given game. He was a wide receiver in college. He absolutely has stuff to catch the ball. We saw one week he got a touchdown, and people seem to have forgotten about him a little bit. But he's 5.8K, which is a ridiculous price tag for a guy that is the workhorse in that offense. Absolutely love David Johnson, even in a tough matchup. Hines, pivot off of him, off of Taylor to him. It's just easy. Jones. Everything Beer said is 100% correct. But like Sanders, Drake, and David Johnson are three, probably my three highest owned running backs today. Okay. But you're asking why is uh, Sanders a wild card? And you said like if and maybe and if and that's possible and he can. That's why. Because there's always sort of clauses. But I agree. The upside's. Well, know. if Derrick Henry doesn't go for 100 yards. What well, if he doesn't get a touchdown? That's, that's called it's called sports. I don't know if you know this. What we think is going to happen doesn't always happen. I thought you were a professional, Grant. I thought you knew. I thought you you were a precog. Is that not true? Did you not have the almanac? I, I do not have the almanac. <laughs> I thought you had that. I do. Uh, my buddy Biff hooked it up. Um, yeah, watched so, that by the way last night. Fun. Did fun you? Fact. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Oh, I've seen since it went up on Netflix. I've seen it like three times already. Oh, All right, so. Uh, Sanders, they're asking in chat here. We'll, we'll try to appease the track, Grant. Uh, you got to pick one. You can't just throw out a bunch of names. You got Sanders, you have Drake. You you can play literally three running backs in the oh, same lineup. Sanders. Well, this, per- this person, Sanders. Here. There. I got you. <laughs> Why, I mean, it's the same level of upside and way less ownership. And, and I don't see – we had worries about Sanders being eased in. I, I think they're going to go right to him. He's 100%. According to him, I hate going off of the – the player analysis of himself, but uh, I love the spot. Look what Zeke did last week to this Rams D. Yes, you worry about Aaron Donald, but uh, Philly needs a win. They're gonna they're gonna lean on this guy. I, I think he has a big game today at three percent ownership. Yeah, David Johnson was mentioned. Duke's, uh, I believe, Duke Johnson's officially out. So even if they're playing catch up, and also he's a good receiving back, like Grant talked about. So I don't think it'd be good game scripted out of this game here. Uh, and you think it's gonna be a bit of a shootout against Baltimore? They're probably gonna try to catch up because that Baltimore offense is excellent. Uh, put a bow, Grant. Uh, not Grant. Let, let, let me go to beer. Uh, what's your final? Wait, can I mention one more guy first? Yeah, Antonio Gibson. Yes, sir. The I'll... literal chalk last week. Yep. Only got a few snaps, but again, they he now has a full week of practice underneath him. After this off season was weird. When he was in the game, they gave him eleven carries or nine or eleven touches. I forgot two tar- two receptions, but was heavily involved the entire time he was in there. They love him. We have him pegged at 1% ownership at 4.3K, which is absurd. 
He's a fantastic play today. Bobby mentioned in chat. Hey, Bobby. I just wanted to make sure we pointed out Gibson because we never really got to the chief guys because he's the only one I really. Is getting ten percent enough for you because you're you're well over the field? Like you don't like, when you see that name, you don't have to like. That's not a lock button. You're saying you like you want to get a little bit more than a sprinkle, basically. I probably have thirty percent. Well, that's all right. That's a lot. So thirty <laughs> times the field. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Sure. It might be two percent as far as his ownership, but yeah, it's not going to be high at all. Recency bias and a plethora of running backs out there. Uh, you know, opportunity costs and yada, yada, yada. I understand why it's going to be super low. Uh, put a bow on this. we got to talk receivers. What do you have for me as far as running backs here? All right. High end. I love Derrick Henry out of those chalky guys. I'm I'm fine with the fate of Jonathan Taylor. I love Ronald Jones in the mid-range. And then the three guys that I talked about bouncing back from week one chalk. We mentioned Antonio Gibson. Love him. Austin Eckler in that boat, along with Saquon Barkley. All guys that uh, people are already writing off. Don't do that. Week one, like you said, Dean, it happened. Doesn't mean week two is going to be the same. Uh, those three guys really stand out as guys to go back to after busting as week one chalk. I don't think we gave enough time to Hines, but Hines is a really interesting yes. direct pivot off of Taylor, uh, which I will be doing. And uh, yeah, I, I, we'll see as far as how it's going to be delegated out as far as who gets the snaps. But uh, I think Hines gets a decent, like the ownership is clearly going to be different. It's going to be much more on Taylor and, you know, we think Indianapolis is going to score a decent amount against Minnesota. Why can't Hines get those touchdowns? All right, uh, let's talk about the receivers. Before we do that, let's give the shout-outs. Yeah, we're bringing it back. We're giving the shout-outs to those that are signing up for the RG Badge program. Devin's going to go ahead and drop that for you guys in chat. Uh, long story short, you can pick on it and leave, you know, read it for yourself. But basically, if you're rocking the RG Badge, you finish in the top 10 of certain contests, you get yourself a free – I believe it's a free month of RG Premium. And again, during crunch time today at 1230, everything is free. We're taking you guys all up the lock for three hours every single Sunday. There's going to be a, a tournament drop there. If you guys jump in there and you're the highest person finishing with the RG badge, you get yourself one, oh, a free week of premium and a shout out, which, you know, both worth a certain amount of value. Uh, the shout outs this week, as far as those who just signed up, Darkstar24, Bloodhound. They signed up not even knowing this is a thing. This is an additional added bonus. Uh, to God. this is where I butcher the names because they're all kind of sort of Goofy sometimes. She's T-S-O-K-O, Soko, maybe? Will Randy 88, Jay Walken, John Austin 22, and Fail to Improve. Welcome to uh, Rockin' the RG Badge program. All right, uh, Grant, open up receivers for us. What are you doing today? I mean, I'm going a little bit off the board. If we look at ownership, like Adam's absolutely chalk that I'm fine with eating. Like Good He's job. going to get fed. He's going to get 100 yards. He's going to get a touchdown. Absolutely great decision to eat that chalk. Outside of that, like, are we really sure Corey Davis is going to do too much? C.D. Lamb? Like, there's a few cheap wide receivers, even Devontae Johnson or Deontay Johnson. Like, all those guys are projected to be very chalky. Any one of them can entirely bust. Like, Lamb is going to be super heavily on because of the price tag in that game. Davis, like, this offense might only throw the ball 25 times, might check down to the running back a few times, probably going to throw a few to the tight end, probably going to throw a few to any random wide receivers. A.J. Brown last season most of the time had five targets. So a chalky Corey Davis is not worth it in tournaments. There's a chance he ends up with four points in the spot. I don't really have a ton of interest in him. C.D. Lamb is fine, but not a ton of interest in him. Everyone, like, Play or don't play any wide receiver from the Atlanta Dallas game. It's that simple. But guys that I have a ton of interest on, one, uh, Paris Campbell. I know he's going to come in at moderate chalk, but he's going to get a ton of targets in this offense. He got nine last week. He's heavily involved. Doyle's out. Like, any, like it's, it's a perfect spot for him. Absolutely love Campbell. 
Mike Williams, I really, really like. Going to get force fed. Going to probably crush in this spot here. 4.2K. Literally a direct pivot at one-third the ownership of all these cheap guys. And with the amount of volume that he's going to get because they're going up against KC and they're probably going to be trailing most of the game, he should crush his price tag here and has two touchdown upside and 100-yard upside. Really like him. All right, let's uh, you know, let's just talk about all the cheapies beard because we have to separate which ones we like, which ones we don't like, and there is a ton. Uh, Paris Campbell, look, you know, took a big leap, you know, first game of the year, looked excellent. Uh, worth noting that, that we talk about Doyle being out, Pittman expected to be out, Haskell expected back, but still, Campbell seems like his job is secure. Uh, Christian Kirk is super, super cheap in a positive matchup. I know we had goose egg last week. I don't care. I think it's still super interesting. Ceedee Lamb seems underpriced. Uh, Deontay Johnson seems underpriced. Mike Williams seems underpriced. Rashad Perryman's the last man standing for the Jets. They have nobody. They have a 17 total. In theory, somebody's scoring. Somebody, somebody's getting that box. Uh, Herndon, Perryman. Uh, Corey Davis looked really good in week one, and there's no Brown, but maybe maybe, uh, maybe they just throw the ball like 17 times. They just feed Henry the entire game. Uh, Safest for, for Detroit had a bunch of targets. He would look good, and, of course, we know that Galladay is still out. Stop me while I can. There's so many cheapies, and somebody mentioned in the chat Gage. You had a ton of time. You, did, you didn't even mention Hump Dog. Yeah, uh, we don't want the Hump Dog. Adam Humphreys, come on, stop it. I know you got to stay on brand. I mean, he's fine. And Scotty Miller is he's fine. 3.4K. Like, if you're going super cheap, if you want to pay up for Barkley, for Zeke, and for Henry, I mean, he can get you there. Like, you got yeah, 10 points playable. last week. Playable, but like, uh, he falls behind a bunch of these guys, at least for me. Uh, Beer, feel free to talk about the Hump Dog. Uh, feel free. All those cheap players, how are you separating them uh, versus each other? Because, uh, you know, there's just a whole bunch, and that's kind of going to decide a lot of tournaments today, as far as I can tell. I, easy. I'm looking at the ownership. I, I will gladly avoid Corey Davis at 20% ownership. And, and I know he looked good last week and, and no Brown, and but I agree with Grant. I mean, how many time, How many targets are really going to be there for him? So uh, we saw them target Humphreys. We saw them go to Jonu Smith. Uh, Derrick Henry had 34 touches in that game. So uh, yes, he, he's the everyone's comparing him to Devontae Parker. That's a breakout for Corey Davis. Maybe we just take the L on Corey Davis. But anyway, for today, 20% ownership. I'm fine staying away from that. So I'm hunting out the, the lower owned guys out of this group team. There's a ton of them to go to. You 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 name most of them. So uh there is a lot of value at that position. But I want to go again to to bounce back candidates, guys that burned us last week that nobody wants to play. What about Marvin Jones uh, in the mid-range? Nobody wants to play him. It's the same situation, and nobody right. wants him this week, right? So last week yeah. he's 30%. This week he's 3%. He's put up some massive games against this team. I mean, I think it was a couple of years ago. He had over 200 yards, two touchdowns uh, in the same game. So absolutely love him. Uh, who else are my bounce-back candidates here? Deshaun Jackson. Why not? I mean, what's changed there? He got everybody a lot of air want, guards. So that everybody wanted him last week, and he busted. So I'm going back to him. Christian Kirk is a name you mentioned. Uh, saw a ton of air yards, got a lot of targets, just didn't put numbers on the board. Hopkins isn't getting 17, 18 targets every week. Uh, DJ Moore, another one. He wasn't highly owned last week, but uh, they're going to have to put up some points through the air. So you, you can hammer away at the value guys, the mid-range guys. I do love Devontae Adams. The ownership isn't going to be too heavy because it's going to be spread out. I also really like Mike Evans with no Godwin in the lineup. And I don't disagree with Paris Campbell. But I also love T.Y. Hilton here. I mean, he's at home. That secondary is brutal. I think both of those guys could have big games. But uh, T.Y., that ceiling is huge. We know that. So uh, those are my favorites, Adams, Evans, uh, and T.Y. But don't forget about these bounce-back guys, specifically Marvin Jones today. 
Evans is also another bounce back guy. And of course, with Godwin out, you know, it's kind of a clearer path and it's a nice matchup here against Carolina. We're seeing 11% ownership, which seems like you say, that's too high. Especially 6.4K is a very reasonable price on DK. Uh, Beer, give me this, your top two receivers in the Dallas Atlanta game. I really like CeeDee Lamb, but Michael Gallup's going to be the lower owned of that group. So, I mean, if they don't call that that BS uh, push off at the end, oh. his numbers look great. And, you know, he's probably the highest owned guy. So just remembering that and watching the games and, and you know, the, I hate to say that what could have been, but, you know, sometimes people just look at the box scores and, and that's all they see. So I, I do like Lamb and Gallup there, but I'll go Gallup. Uh, other side, I'm going to go Julio. I mean, we, we saw Ridley score twice last week. I know Julio's allergic to the end zone, but uh, I think he finds the box today. So Gallup and Julio. What about you, Grant? Your top two, your top two receivers in that Atlanta Dallas game. Jones Cooper. Um, let's see. Who else we talk about that's worth Perriman, the top wide receiver the last three weeks of the season last year? Okay, we'll talk about Perry. I think he had every single snap last week, he too. Did and- play hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's last man standing because we know that Le'Veon. Roethlisberger is not playing for the Jets today. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a shout out to the people listening to a half hour ago. Right. So, yeah, so it, it's it's a conversation we have to have, Grant, because who wants to have players in the Jets? Like the sputtering offense, not in a great spot, 17 team total, but they're like theoretically, they're not going to have zero offensive yards, right? Right? I think. Yeah, and, yeah I, I very much doubt they will. I mean, they're not, <laughs> they're not Saquon Barkley randomly. Yeah once a year now um but yeah Perriman like 3.8k gonna be half the ownership of Corey Davis like a lot less owned than a lot of guys we know that he can absolutely put up a big game just based on what he did as the number one guy for Tampa Bay last season he's super cheap still had five targets last week Ari said he had was in for 100% of the snaps he's the go-to guy like he's absolutely the go-to guy I may not think that he's good but volume is a thing that matters especially over on DK, where, again, he's under 10% owned projected, and he's 3.8K. People aren't going to feel good about throwing him into the line, but we saw what he did with Tampa Bay. He's going to get a ton of volume. San Francisco is a little bit banged up. This is football. Anything can happen. I love Perryman at 3.8K. He's one of my highest owned guys. And then what are your thoughts on – I'm trying to figure out what to do with Kirk. Perryman, the the Friday UCF. Shout out Knights. Hey, hold on. Look at this. we got a prop. I don't know if you guys know this. The National Champs won yesterday versus Georgia Tech. How about that? Um, all right. I'm, I'm fine. I don't care that Kirk got zero yards. You know, it's, it's a clean slate. I don't care he didn't catch a ball last week. I think he's going to be perfectly fine today. I think he's too cheap on DK. I think he's too cheap on Yahoo as well, where it's like 14 bucks. Uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts there, Beer? And then, you know, we got to move on to the tight end, which I think is super interesting as well today. Uh, you know, feel free to answer that question. And like, oh, Fuller. Fuller is awesome today. Right. Why are we not playing Fuller? Why are we not playing Marquise Brown? Hilton is interesting. You know, people are talking about Paris. Why not pay up for Hilton? I think Hilton's interesting as well, too. Mike Evans. More expensive. Mike yeah, well, we well, mentioned Mike said, Evans. Evans Hilton, five minutes Hilton ago. and Evans are guys I really like. Fuller, I love running it back. You know, Handle, it's really easy to build a Baltimore stack. You oh, can yeah. go with Hollywood Brown. You can include Andrews, Lamar, run it back with Fuller, and or David Johnson. So that, that's super cheap. Kirk, I already mentioned as a bounce back guy like uh, Perriman. Let's not forget, no Richard Sherman today. Uh, that helps that matchup. So, uh, that, I like that pivot off of Corey Davis for sure. It, uh, easy avoids for me today in tournaments, Jonathan Taylor, Corey Davis. And again, if those guys beat me, so be it. Uh, is there somebody you're taking a stand on beer as far as receiver? You're going to be well over the field and somebody uh, in the opposite direction. Like you're just saying, I know he's going to be heavily owned. Therefore I'm not going to be on much. 
I'm going to be over the field uh, on both Adams, Evans, uh, as well as T.Y. Hilton. Uh, those three really stand out to me as the guys I want. Uh, fade will be Corey Davis. Uh, and, again, it's just Corey Davis chalk does not feel good. The bounce backs from last week, Deshaun Jackson, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk. And if Tennessee had their way, they throw the ball like 19 times. Right. Like that's, you know, uh, obviously there's not a lot of receivers there. So who's going to get some work as well, no Brown. But uh, I, I I have some Davis, but like I'm with you, I don't want I don't want to have more than the field. Grant, same question before we talk about tight ends. What was the question? Oh jeez. Don't listen when you speak. <laughs> but like that, that's the whole purpose of the show. <laughs> so the player you're going to be well over the field on, the player you're going to be uh, distinctly less than the field. Way less on the field than Corey Davis. Way over the field on Perriman. Actually, way over the field on Juju. We didn't talk about him, but I went over him when I talked about Roethlisberger. Way over the field on Juju. Way, way over. He's at 2.5% ownership. For a guy people were talking about potentially the number one wide receiver last year before Roethlisberger went down. Okay, Grant, be concise. Open up tight ends. We're up against the clock. Of course, we have two more hours following us. They're going to be touching on these players as well. Uh, Herndon, we're seeing is the most highly owned player. Because we know the normal salary cap, he's super cheap, and he's expected to get at least a lot of balls thrown his way, probably not efficiently. Logan Thomas, LT3, busted out last week. Nice matchup this week. It's a revenge game, too, I believe. Love Mark Andrews. Love Kelsey. It's hard to get there because, you know, salary matters. But I love those guys from a raw points perspective or from a corner's perspective. I think Hurst bounces back, too. Bounce back as well. And we have Jordan Reed, who's super cheap, but I don't think they run him into the ground. He's old. He's got a history of injuries, and they don't really need him because it's the Jets. But he's 2.6K on DK. What do you have for me as far as tight ends, Grant? Uh, Herndon is my favorite, followed by Logan Thomas, followed by probably Hurst, Gasecki, and Andrews or Kelsey if I'm going to pay up. But it, 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 it's, it's Herndon. I don't care if he's jockey. I, don't I saw a note about Gasecki. I think as far as tight ends come, he was the, in the slot more than anybody else last week. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And nobody's going to own him. He's not a part of like these, like these heavily owned players. I'm kind of scrolling my way down to find him. Where, oh, he's at one and a half percent. I, I yeah, do like that. I agree with you. That's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Ali Cox played basketball and he plays football and he's cheap and the Colts have to play him because there's nobody else. I think he's interesting as a punch, sure, why not? But I can't sit here and tell you that I know much about Mo Ali Cox. What do you have for me as, uh, as far as tight ends here? Philip Rivers loves to throw two tight ends that used to play basketball. Ooh. Oh, what? there you go. Antonio Gates did that too. There, yeah. there you go. So, I, I mean, he is an he is a specimen. He's a big dude, and they love to utilize the tight end. So, I, I don't hate using that more so in a, in a pairing of Rivers or a stack of that game uh, rather than a one off. I agree. Herndon is the guy here in the cheap seats. Hayden Hurst is your week one bounce back candidate. Other guys I like, you know, I like TJ Hawkinson once again here today uh, against Green Bay. Uh, I'm staying away from Jordan Reed. I, 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 a lot of chatter on Jordan Reed and I, I just, I'm not feeling that one. I mean, Ayuk is back. I mean, they, they have some guy. He's not the guy there. Sanu is going to suit up. So they'll throw to the running backs. Yeah. That, that one makes me a little bit nervous, but the thing I want to do today, it, and it's, it's different than everyone else's bill is pay up. Uh, Mark, Mark Andrews is in a smash spot. Once again, I already mentioned Travis Kelsey against his Chargers teams. Uh, those corners are solid. I, I think they can neutralize those receivers. It's going to leave things open for Travis Kelsey. So instantly my lineup is different, uh, having an Andrews or a Kelsey in it in tournaments. In cash, you go cheap. You, you go with the, the Herndons, the Logan Thomases of the world. Uh, but tournaments, I don't mind spending up on those two guys. And then Dallas Goddard uh, with Hayden Hurst, kind of that mid-range uh, if you need some savings and you don't want to go all the way down. 
Goddard's better than Ertz, right? Like that's I, that's done now, right? It has, he's passed them by, I think. Yeah, and I think they believe that too. I, I don't think Ertz is going to get his money that he's looking for. They, they already have their guy there. So if he's going to continue to be this cheap and people continue to look at him as a backup tight end, that's a mistake. They play both of these guys, and I do agree. I think Goddard's a better tight end right now. Another one off the board, by the way, uh, Higby. You guys talk about the Rams. I think Higby at 2.5% owned. It seems like a really, really interesting spot. And I was listening to the ownership show uh, yesterday, and they both uh, – Jamino and Hanson were both uh, interested in Higby as like, one of their tournament plays, like 5% guys that are under – players that are under 5%. They both thought Higby was interesting, and I actually agree. Uh, and Dallas, with Vander Resch is beat up. Lee is out. Uh, we talked about Hurst. I think Hurst gets a bounce back as far as targets today. I think they'll be playing in the comeback. They signed Hurst. They, they, they targeted him, said, we want this guy. Uh, it's not that much more for Hurst in comparison to, to Herndon and Tom and, uh, Tom, Logan Thomas. And I think that – I think Hurst can get like eight or nine catches today. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, give me some stacks. Stack them up, Grant. Your favorite stacks today. Buffalo-Miami stack, specifically the Buffalo side. And it's not even that much of a stack. It's mostly with digs, although you can throw in John Brown. Obviously, the Atlanta game just stack up every single which way. And then the Washington game, uh, stack up Haskins with McLovin and maybe Sims who I, or Thomas. Both of them are fine. And bring it back with Drake. What about you, uh, Beer? What do you have for me as far as some stacks out there? I mean, I love the Baltimore stack. Uh, I mean, they're going to score some points here. But kind of games that will go under the radar, in my opinion, uh, Indianapolis and Minnesota, I think that one could shoot out. Uh, for some reason, nobody's talking about the Chiefs, so I like that. Uh, Chiefs Chargers stack as well. And then Bears and Giants, uh, another game that's kind of going overlooked here. Don't mind throwing a few stacks at that. In, in a vacuum, I understand it's different positions, but do you, do you have Kelsey or do you have uh, Hill uh, as far as your favorite Chief? Kelsey for me. Uh, again, those corners are, are stout. So they, they may end up spending some time on Kelsey as well, but uh, I think they can take Tyreek Hill out of the game. So uh, Kelsey's traditionally done well against this team. He, he's the guy I want here. There's a lot of receiving options on the high end and you'll save some ownership with Hill. He gives you that upside, no doubt, but I'm, I'm going to go with Kelsey out of those two. We got Kaiser Soze in chat. We should be scared. Kaiser Soze is asking us, will Taylor be heavily owned? Yes, he'll be heavily owned. He'll probably be the most popular uh, running back, but quite possibly in the entire slate. If not him, it's going to be Henry. If not him, it's going to be Elliot, but those three will be heavily owned. Probably Taylor and Henry. Uh, you know, certainly it's warranted, but there's also reason to pivot off them uh, in tournaments. Do want to mention there is a show coming up after us. You got Squirrel Patrol, Toe Tag, and Tambo. There's a show following them as well. Take you guys all up to lock. And again, that Crunch Time tournament link will be dropped in chat at 12:30. Just stick here at RG all the way up to lock. Uh, also want to mention the RG promo. If you guys didn't catch it earlier today, the Core Four Premium. Get yourself a football, baseball, basketball, and golf. Five dollars off your first month. Devin's going to go ahead and drop that link in chat for you guys. I think we got all the promos out there for the people. Uh, and again, sign up for the RG badge program as well, too. Devin's going to drop that link for you guys. Good times for sure. Finish in the top 10 of certain contests. Get yourself one month free of RG premium just for rocking the RG badge. And hey, you'll get a shout out next week here as well, too. That's good times for sure as well. Give me a bold call. Grant, set the bar, make it good. Don't blow it. Uh, Juju goes for two touchdowns, eight receptions and 140 yards. All right. See it and raise it, beer. Jonathan Taylor, complete bust today. So 40% of the field are, are dust right away. Oh, man, you're killing me. I mean, I don't want it to be a total bust, but okay. Does that mean Hines is great? I love Hines. I, I, again, I don't get it, Dean. So 
Uh, real quick, defenses. I know somebody was asking. I'm oh, going yeah, cheap. I'm going cheap with the Jets against San Francisco. And Grant won't like this, but I'm going with the Dolphins against uh, Buffalo today. I got him. He can, on DK. he can get sacked. He can throw a pick six and get sacked three times and still go for thirty points. Yeah. Well, I got the Dolphins on DK just because salary is a thing. But yep. hey, you know what? There's two shows following us. They'll talk about all the positions we talk about, and they'll talk about defense as well. You got Toe Tag and Tambo along with Squirrel Patrol, who's been to like ninety live finals, and Garrett uh, Garrett. Grant moves his way to one. He can confirm that did happen for sure. All right. Uh, that said, we do appreciate you guys listening. That was beer. That was Grant. I was Dean. Thank you, Devin. This is football. We're out of here. Holler. Thank you. Question, any interest in cock tonight? <laughs> Who has more upside? It's your boy, the cock. Yeah. I'm not going to use that nickname again. <laughs> I think that'll be fine. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know that when you add up all of those inches, it'll be the difference between winning and losing. We're going to go with IHOP. Yeah, we're gonna get some pancakes, girl. One, two, three into the foe. DB730 is waiting at the door, ready to make an entrance. So back on up, because you know I'm about to screw stuff up. <laughs> Tony, let's you and I talk about this Packers side, because I think Hoot might have just died. This is what it sounds like when Tippin' Pit cries. <laughs> We're, 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 hey, getting, we're, uh, we're getting uh, we're getting we're getting video bombs here. All right, uh, introduce yourself. What's your name? Hi, I'm Becky Blaylock, and we would like some music instead of some podcasts. What's up, Grinders? STL Cards hopping in here just to say congratulations to everybody at Roto Grinders on ten super successful years. I've been around for eight of them. Super happy to have been a part of it along the way from my. Initial Grinders live shows with your old pal Emac to the meteoric rise of Daily Fantasy Golf over the last five or six years. It's been a fantastic ride. Here's to another 10 fantastic years, and hopefully we can all make some money along the way. What's going on, Grinders? And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Daily Fantasy Face-Off. The Thursday edition, the Thursday edition, the Tuesday edition. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Thursday edition. I almost said Tuesday. Hey, what's up, guys? I wanted to shout out Roto-Grinders on their 10-year anniversary. So thankful for everything that Roto-Grinders did for my career. Uh, I'll never forget uh, the first podcast that I did with Dan Bach on college basketball DFS. The man, the myth, and the legend known as Peter Jennings, a.k.a. CSU Ram. What's going on, Pete? Hey, uh, excited to be here on Grinders Live, and uh, it's a beautiful day in Boston. All the Roto-Grinders parties, uh, their huge presence at all the live events, and just the opportunity that uh, all the guys gave uh, to you know make a name for yourself with this industry. And uh, it's just so fun to see how far DFS has come, and Roto-Grinders has been an integral part. Uh, we're all excited about sports betting now, and... Uh, it's just going to be great times. Uh, special shout out to Cal Spears, Cam, Dan Bach, uh, Riley, uh, Notorious. So many names uh, at Rotor Grinders that have uh, had a huge impact on my life. And I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity and 
Uh, really excited about the future. Onwards and upwards, guys, and uh, congrats again on the 10-year anniversary. We are announcing right now, Davis and I, okay. boots on the ground at the Meadowlands for Patrick Laird's season. We will be there, Davis, my wife, and I. It's going to be quite the group. <laughs> They're going to ask Wait. if Davis is your son. You guys need to have a good little pivot from MLB to basketball. So, geez, I'll let you figure that out. Okay, I can do that. Let me just find my button. <laughs> I'm going to flip over on the uh, screen here. If you don't play Patrick Laird this week, then maybe DFS isn't for you. Oh, so close. I did miss the landing. He did not stick the landing. You want to hang out? I mean, I'm going to watch the show from a different room so you guys can have your alone time together, but I'll be around. This would not work at all. (laughs) All right, right, guys. There you go. Made the appearance. Uh, Hey, you know what we got to do? What's that? We got to talk a little weather here. I mean, do you want to do that or not? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Good stuff from the boss man, Dan Baca. You know, appreciate that. Helping the people out win some, uh, you know, good old money. Uh, let's talk about these. Uh, clean- oh, my goodness. Uh, we got we got soccer. Look at here, uh, this guy uh, right here. I am so proud of you right now. We got to put a lock on this I'm door. So I'm going to tell you right now. We did proud lock of you, on this door. Right- Welcome to Grinders Live. I want to welcome you to another edition of Grinders Live. It's called Grinders Live. Welcome to Grinders Live. Welcome to Grinders Live. It is 521 on the East Coast, 221 on the West Coast, 421 Tennessee time, which of course we just have the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by DraftKings. Back in the fantasy bar, six of my favorite plays for a big week two on FanDuel and DraftKings, including what value running back I'm looking at, my favorite stack of the week, and what guy am I loading up on in every lineup. Belly up to the fantasy bar and find out. Welcome back, guys. Week two edition Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack. Good to be back here once again talking NFL football. I'm both Fandle and DraftKings. Thank you for stopping by the Fantasy Bar. Guys, before we get into things here, make sure you do me a favor and click that thumbs up button on YouTube. Really helps us out a lot. You guys did a great job of that in week one. Let's see if we can beat that record. And make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. Get notified when the videos are coming out. We're going to continue to do NFL videos each and every week, along with some baseball videos. So take a look for those later on this week. But NFL is king, and that's what we're here to talk about. One more thing before we get started, guys. Special offer for you guys. Make sure you take advantage of this. Head over to rotogrinders.com slash beer for $5 off a core four premium subscription. It's not only going to cover you for football. We're also going to have you for baseball, the rest of the NBA season, and PGA Tour golf. Great time to get in on some golf with the U.S. Open going on this weekend. So $5 off rotogrinders.com slash beer all right let's talk some football here in week two was an interesting week one but we turn the page let's start at the running back position with some value and ronald jones of the box now this is a matchup that i'm probably going to target each and every week we were very successful in this spot last week with josh jacobs scoring three touchdowns and pretty much doing whatever he wanted and i think the thing here with ronald jones looks like pretty low ownership i think that'll tick up as we get closer to sunday and people realize the matchup that we have here 
with this Carolina defense. But I think the worries about Leonard Fournette kind of creeping in on this job are going to help keep the ownership down here on Ronald Jones. And while I agree, Leonard Fournette eventually will be the guy here. Right now it is Ronald Jones. We saw him dominate the touches in a very difficult matchup in week one against the Saints. So let's not hold that against them. The Saints are going to hold running backs down all season long. Guess what? The Panthers are not. They're going to give it up here in droves. This could be a historically bad defense here. And Ronald Jones at these prices, huge upside. Tampa Bay, massive team total approaching 30 here in the spot. A lot of ways you can go with the Tampa offense. I'm going to Ronald Jones here at a mid-range price against this Carolina defense. All right, we saved some money there. That means we're going to spend some money elsewhere. Let's go to tight end here and spend up on Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. That's a spot I want to spend some money on. There are some cheap tight ends, and generally that's the route I want to go. But right here in this spot with Travis Kelsey is the way I want to go here. You look at this matchup with the Chargers. Very good defense, no doubt, especially at those cornerback spots. Well, that's going to be Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. And I know they may utilize these guys on Travis Kelsey at times as well. But he's the guy that Kansas City will be focused on in the passing game, getting that usage, getting those targets from one of the best in the game, obviously, in Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs also a very high team total in this game, expected to score four touchdowns here against this Chargers defense. So tight ends, again, a position a lot of people want to spend down on. Fine with that, but you spend up there, makes your lineup different. Kelsey gives you that floor and a massive ceiling, even in a tougher matchup. Love this spot here in week two against the Chargers. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position, back to the mid-range. A guy I think is going to go overlooked a little bit this week, T.Y. Hilton of the Colts. So a couple things of note here with T.Y. Hilton. First of all, we have to look at this matchup, and not only were the Vikings destroyed by Devontae Adams, who absolutely tore them up in week one, but we also saw Marquez Valdez-Scantling have a solid game, along with Alan Lazard putting up numbers. So there's going to be plenty of room for multiple receivers to make hay here against the secondary. That brings me to the next point. Paris Campbell looked outstanding. I really like him as well. You could even double stack these two with Phillip Rivers, but I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton here. I think he'll be the forgotten man of those two guys. I think people are excited about Paris Campbell. Saw those nine targets. You're hearing it everywhere. T.Y. had nine targets as well. One of the interesting stats that I saw this week while doing research, and this is per our Usage Trends article that you can find on Roto-Grinders, a great source of stats and information. So I wanted to give that a plug here. But T.Y., 1.75 air yards per snap last week. So we know everything air yards, the buy low air yards model, all that kind of stuff is definitely something you're going to want to pay attention to. It's been proven that these kind of guys can pop off. And maybe it's not...
What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambaline here, a.k.a. Totag and Tambo. Back for another edition of the Sunday Lineup Build Show. Going to be on here using Lineup HQ. Special guest joining me, my guy, John. It's our, it's our first show. At, you guys know him as at Squirrel Patrol. I know him as the guy that's always on top in these qualifiers and GPPs. So what's happening, John? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. Uh, it's been a, been a big weekend. Uh, we had the, the DraftKings baseball final on Friday. It did well. So a uh, little, little bit tired, but, you know, it's Sunday. So got to get ready for football. Yeah, late night for me, same, getting ready for this, getting ready to go in. We're going to have a nice hour here to go through a little bit of a different style. I know you guys get some free shows leading up. We're going to get into all the stuff related to the slate. I just saw Cortland Sutton is in. That might change it up if you were on some Noah Fant or, you know, looking to go back to some Jerry Judy. So uh, we'll talk about the plays. want to show you the tool, Lineup HQ, how we use the build. John, I know you've done some shows in the past that I've watched with you using Lineup HQ for all different sports on Roto Grinders. Congratulations, by the way. Again, you just mentioned it, but I saw you picked up at least 35K in that Fantasy World Baseball Championship. And I know uh, if you guys don't have a Roto Grinders subscription yet, producer Devin's going to be dropping a link in. John also does an amazing show with another very sharp guy that we've got here, Eric Bime for. He call, it's called Q Hunting. Really like that show. Watched it the last couple weeks. This one, it's an evergreen show, guys. So even if you can't catch it today, I know there's a lot with our show, the shows after this, etc. But there's a lot you can pick up on and find throughout the week that you can use from that. So uh, check that out. Devin's going to drop it in the chat throughout this conversation that we have here. Uh, John, talk to me a little bit just about lineup HQ in general and how you use it for your process, because I know it's huge as far as, you know, MME goes and just GPPs in general. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you upload your projections. I make my own projections. You can use the road of grinders projections. They're pretty sharp. It's got the ownership right there on the page. And then the ability to set stacks and groups is, is key. I think, you know, cause you're trying to build those correlations in your, into your lineups. Uh, so it's very important. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you know, depending on how many lineups you want to make, whether it's 150 or, or, you know, one or two or whatever, you know, you still want to have those correlations in there and you just, you know, you crank it up. Yeah, I agree. And I'm with the same with you. I mean, like you said, all the projections are here. I've got the screen up for those watching on YouTube. You guys can see it here. There's, you know, the core four is what you would get with the link that you used to sign up there. The blitz, if you go one step further, you can add that. Derek Cardi's got some great projections, you know, standard ceiling, basically build for what you want to build. There's a dropout menu here where you can actually just click lineup preview. So it's not just for MME. You say, oh, look, John and Tambo, they're, go- they're out there running 150 lineups a week. That's okay. Everybody has their own preference. You run one to five lineups. You can do it right here in the sidebar. And I love that as well. Uh, you know, practicing away at my one to five max. And when you get into these higher dollar ones, you got to have a way to get there. So uh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I think you mentioned some really good points. Uh, the other thing I like about the lineup builder is that you can use it for, you know, building in sets. So if you say, I want to pick, you know, five quarterbacks this week that I want to go after, you can use this to build with just one quarterback at a time build 20 lineups and then I call it like a virtual hand building John where you're kind of looking at it on the screen with that save feature and you say I don't really like that one or you can just one-off swap do you ever use the builder that way yeah of course actually I do uh you know I go through one quarterback at a time when I'm building like 150 nice. lineups um yeah I do that exactly we we just described yeah, I like that strategy. I think, like I said, virtual hand building is what I call it, but I think it's just better where you can actually see what you're doing versus just taking whatever this thing spits at you. Like, you know, when uh, Blender HD, Jordan Cooper, and I did a show, you guys can also go back and check that out. Uh, that's a show we did before the season on Lineup HQ with NFL. It's in-depth, it's evergreen, but it showed sort of the same style of how we can do that, take our time with it, get our stacks in there. So let's segue over. We're not going to go play-by-play. There's enough shows that did that already this week, but we do want to utilize the builder. I've got it up in front of me here. 
maybe just give me, you know, sort of, I know you got your conviction plays in here, but mm-hmm. what's sort of your, you know, two to three favorite quarterbacks this week on the slate? We'll get a couple of each position and build out some, some lineups. So, yeah, I mean, I think Kyler Murray is kind of stupid cheap, especially on DraftKings. Um, you know, he's got that running floor and then there's always, you know, always the upside with his arm. Uh, so he's one of the top plays, I think, especially on DraftKings. Then, you know, Lamar Jackson, again, you know, same thing and much more expensive, obviously, but he's got that super high floor with the rushing. I mean, you know, he's going to be getting you know, 70, 80 yards on the ground, you know, possibly a rushing touchdown. In addition to his passing stats, it's like you're adding an entire running back to your team. And then, uh, you know, other two quarterbacks, you know, Dak and Matt Ryan in the, in the uh, you know, the Dallas Atlanta game that uh, is projected to be very high scoring. Yeah, I think the Matt Ryan one is extremely interesting. You know, I'm I'm big on Dak. I've got him marked up here, tagged up. I, you know, I liked him. It's always this way, right? At the start of the week, you love someone, and then everybody loves them with you. And you're like, oh, geez, now i got to look for a way to get a little bit contrarian. I mentioned the Q hunting show. You guys did talk a lot about this game in particular because, obviously, it's going to be popular. I think one of the key points you brought up that I was really behind was that there's so many games this week that – is that really, you know, there's, it was like an 11 to one chance or something. This game's yeah. not the game and there's other games out there. So I'm not going to go away from it. I don't think it's wise to just completely ignore it. I understand if you have a high risk reward appetite and you want to just say, forget it, I'm going to leave it off. I, I get it, but I like to just get a little bit different within it. I think one great point you just brought up was Matt Ryan, because I think that's a way where you're looking at here, you know, 10% versus 12, it's only, you know, 2%. But at the same time, it's just going to make for some more unique builds because most people will probably have Dak, Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, some mixture of that on top of how you know chalky Zeke's going to be. And then you've got the other way you could run it with Julio, Hurst, uh, Ridley, Gage. There's lots of guys that people are less likely to use. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so actually I really like the idea of, of excluding Ezekiel Elliott from like Dak Prescott teams, right? So like you're probably not going to see a – two touchdowns for Amari, two touchdowns for CeeDee Lamb, and two touchdowns for Zeke, right? But you right. might see Zeke run in three touchdowns, and then Matt Ryan's trying to come back to Julio, you know, reception after reception to Ridley, Julio, maybe Hayden Hurst gets a touchdown. So I kind of like the idea of not pairing Dak with Zeke, but then pairing Matt Ryan with Zeke if you're, if you're building multiple lineups. Yeah, and so I just went into player groups here so everybody could see trying to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. And the first group I made was, you know, Dak, Zeke, at most one, right? And then if you wanted to do, like you said, I'm not going to do everything here right now, but you could do Ryan. If using Ryan, you get Zeke in there. And that's how you can build these groups up. And like I said, because the building process of all those groups, and I'm sure with you, the same stacks takes so longer. I'll show some quick stacks after and things that folks can do just to, you know, be able to make their lineups a little bit easier, especially if doing like a 20 max or starting small. Um, I like those picks you had. Tell me if I'm crazy on a couple others, I guess. So uh, a couple others I like. Tom Brady. I think, you know, there's, you know, you mentioned this as well. It was just something I wanted to watch fresh when I knew you coming on the show, but you mentioned about the angry Tom. And right. I didn't hear anybody else talk about that all week, but it did used to be a thing. And then literally this morning, one of my notifications pops up on Twitter saying that Tom was pretty much angry at practice. Like, so you obviously hates to lose and he wants to bounce back hard here. So what's your thoughts on Tom? So, yeah, I think he's got a huge range of outcomes. I mean, that's we, we kind of don't care about the floor so much in, in GPPs, right? So I think he's got a lot of upside. And I think you can that game could be high scoring, right? So you can mm-hmm. pair him with some very, you know, very high scoring, low owned pieces. So you have like Tom Brady, Christian McCaffrey, you know, you're running it back and then take your pick of, of the Tampa wide receivers, right? So Mike Evans, or especially Scotty Miller is a guy I like a lot this week, uh, particularly yeah. in that point per reception. Uh, scoring 
I, I agree on DraftKings. I think it's a fantastic play. And it's also, he happens to be 4.1K, which is right in that range of pretty much all the chalk wide receivers, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, pick your poison in there, but I do like that call. And obviously we're going to be big on stacking and correlation. We'll get to quick stacks later, as I mentioned. Uh, Kyler's the most obvious, I think. But, you know, it's it, sometimes you do, just the obvious play is the right play. You talked about, you know, um, Lamar Jackson and getting basically like a quarterback and a running back in one. I, you know, it's not to say Kyler is Lamar, but he definitely, you know, does sort of the same thing. Last week did the same thing, runs like him. And the discount is what, 2.1K to go down. So it's, you know, that's why he's going to be popular. We know this, but you'll have to look for ways to get different with them. Maybe people aren't as keen to go back to uh, Hopkins when there's a guy like Devontae Adams right there, who's going to be chalky. So we'll, we'll move over to that in a minute. The last guy I really want to hit on, there's some others that are in there. You could play some Josh Allen. I like that. You could play some, uh, Deshaun Watson across. I, I mentioned this on the Tourney Takes pod with Kirk Dees and Killa B. And I said, you know, if we play super flex, we always want to put quarterback versus quarterback because that's the number one correlation that obviously you can't get in any of the classic or standard games. So if you think Lamar is going to have a big game and you wanted to try and get some correlation with that, I wouldn't hate getting some Deshaun Watson for cheaper. Again, not really a Deshaun or not really a Lamar as far as how much he rushes, but he can scramble around. Doesn't quite have the O-line to go with it. But uh, the one I really want to get your take on, and we'll move across to running back quickly, is uh, Patrick Mahomes. This is the thing. I just, I get it. Like the number one offense in football, you know, you get all these things you could talk about and no one's talking about them. 6% owned, but does this matter? The pricing, you know, we talk, we joke about does running back, you know, running back doesn't matter all these things on Twitter, but with this situation, with DFS, with DraftKings, with these prices, I mean, his pairs are going to be a Tyreek, a Watkins, a, a Kelsey, a CEH. These guys are all expensive. So just give me your thoughts on this game and this play in Mahomes as a whole. I don't know why nobody's talking about this game because this is the best offense in football. You just mentioned it. And these guys have huge upside. I mean, Tyreek Hill can break a slate. You know, he can put up 200 yards receiving with like two touchdowns in, in yeah. you know, in like three receptions or four receptions. I mean, so if you're building a bunch of lineups, like you have to have some cheap stacks. And I actually, I don't, I don't really mind the chargers either running it back. I mean, I think Tyron Taylor is a more competent quarterback and people give him credit for it. He's got some of the rushing ability. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like the chiefs and charger stacks in, in GPPs. Yeah, I'm with you there. One of my thoughts and this, I wasn't really on that, but I'm less on Lamar. I, I'm a, obviously rocking the Ravens gear. It's my squad. I, I'm in Canada so I can pick my team, but I've always been a Ravens. So I didn't hop on when Lamar got there. Trust me. I've been through the, the Joe Flacco elite days. And I've been through it all. So uh, excited to have Lamar, but one thing about his price is, like I said, it's it's expensive. And then with this matchup, I just don't know if it's going to be necessary. But to your point on Patrick Mahomes and against this Chargers D, I think the only thing I really saw that besides price, which I brought up before, was that you know the Chargers have held him down in the past, but now their defense isn't the same. They've got some, they've got quite a few injuries across the entire board, but even in the defense alone, they've got some injuries. So I think this is a spot that you could pick on them. You know, Kirk. Kirkwood got me sold on them there. Kirk D's in the tourney takes pod. And also um, the fact that the tight end position, everybody's going cheap this week, right? Everyone's using a cheap tight end. Pick your poison. There's four or five that we're going to name when we get there. So I really don't hate it. Any more thoughts on that? And we'll move to running back. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's say if you use an expensive tight end, you're getting a unique construction this week. Cause everyone, there's so many guys, Herndon, Jordan Reed, uh, you know, so if you're using any other expensive tight end, you're, yeah, you're going to ha- end up with a unique team. So I think that's important. Yeah, I like that. Just as like we, you know, you've talked about it in the past. I know I've talked about it a lot about unique ways to get leverage without being, you know, quote unquote, too cute. 
right? Where you're just picking all these 1% plays to make sure it's unique. Well, you can do that. It's like if you're in a, in a you know, MMA or PGA slate and you leave $2,000 on the table in every lineup, yes, you are going to have probably 150 uniques. It doesn't mean it was the right strategy or it was the upside to get to the top of the, the tournament, right? Yeah, you don't get points for ownership, but, like, but yes. Travis Kelsey is going to get points. So that's something you want yes. to keep in mind. Exactly. And I love that. Let's uh, segue over to running back. What I've been doing is just, I know you might not have it up, but for everybody watching that, you know, in quarterbacks, I was just setting some mins on them just to make sure when we get to our build, we get them and then show them how to sort of finagle through it at the end. If we're going to pick some stacks to go through, uh, talk to me about running back again, do same thing, maybe two, three plays that really stand out to you, maybe for tournaments and then just the obvious values, because we know there's some out there. Yeah, so I think the three that are really jumping out for everyone is uh, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, and Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that I like the least of that is Jonathan Taylor. I Derek Henry, I think he's just a monster, and like I, right. I know he's going to be chalky, but I'm not going to get away from him. And uh, you know, because I, I don't know who's going to tackle him on on the Jacksonville defense. Uh, so right. I think in Tennessee will will run him all game. They like the idea of if we the more we run him, the more the defense gets you know worn down. Um, so I, yeah, I think they're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry a ton. I like Zeke in the uh, Dallas Atlanta game. I actually particularly like the idea he might score a couple touchdowns and make some of the receivers less valuable, and that's going to knock out some you know bunch of teams from tournaments. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I, I like the price. He's one of the guys that jumped out at me earlier in the week. I think there's a lot of question marks, and I think there's also a bunch of guys around that price range who could do ju- do just as well. So like Kenyon Drake is uh, just, uh, I think, $100 more on DraftKings. David Johnson, I mean, I know the Baltimore defense is really tough, but that's probably going to be a high-scoring game. So, uh, you know, I think he could get receptions. You know, he's the main running back uh, for Houston. So, I like David Johnson. The other D. Johnson is out as well, Duke himself. So, you're right. That's that's an interesting play right there for a pivot. When everybody's on him, that's a way to go around him. Would you set up a rule for anything like that between those three? Because, you know, obviously a lineup with those three, I can understand for high dollar, single entry, small field, whatever you want to do and just play the best plays. But, you know, is there, would you set up the rule maybe max of two of those guys or something in, in GPPs? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, because I think, are you saying like uh, max two out of Henry Elliott and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, just because they're going to be so popular together as a trio that at least make sure you cap it in some way that you're not going to have those three in the same lineup. I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. That's just one way I could think to do it. I think you could absolutely do that. And then you're making sure you get you know a little bit more differentiation. I, I tend to do that more with uniques, like increasing the number of uniques and then that okay. experiment naturally. But I, yeah, it's two different ways to basically accomplish the same thing in lineup HQ. Yeah, so if you guys wanted to do that just here, you just click this over, zero to two. Again, if you guys check the link, it's going to be posted in there in the chat. You can get access to this. Lineup HQ, number one optimizer out there. It's got all this capability. We haven't even got to the stack stuff. Uh, I'm with you on the running back spot. You know, some of those plays that you talked about, some others that stood out, like you said, I don't mind a guy like Eckler uh, in that game. If we're going to talk about that game, you know, everyone, it's sort of that one week overreaction thing, right? Last week, he didn't come out like a mini CMC this time. But there is, you know, some situations there where it could work if they are going to be down. Like you said, Tyrod is fully capable. Uh, he can check down as well. Uh, speaking of those checkdowns, what about uh, Naheem Hines again, running it back with him against that chalk? Because it's the thing is, and if you talk about Eckler and compare it back to that, Rivers just does love checking down to his running backs. And that's why Naheem Hines got so much action and it, he just turned it into something. Would you go back to him at all? Six yeah, percent so- ownership now. 
I think it's a great leverage play, right? Because everyone's going to be on Jonathan Taylor. And what if, all right, that's one of the question marks. I kind of referenced, you know, question marks with, with Taylor. That's one of them. What if Naeem Hines, like what if they just go with the veteran a little bit more than people are expecting? And you, you have Hines and he gets the bulk of the, the work there. Then you're, you're not only getting points because Hines is doing well, but you're knocking out kind of a bunch of teams that have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I'm with you there. I skipped like sort of the high end range. Do you, any, you know, I like CMC in the Brady stacks or something, right? To be unique that way. Obviously, he's expensive, and like you said, there's just extreme value on a guy like Henry. Now, um, back to Henry, quick. 35 percent ownership on DraftKings. What's your thoughts on usage there? Because I'm with you. Who's going to stop the guy? I think his touchdown prop is almost minus 300. Like this is insane <laughs> that you're going to get for 7,900. I don't think that price is going to last very long uh, over the next couple of weeks after today. Uh, are you comfortable going like 60% Henry or just general thoughts on you know the fact that he has one third of the running back ownership for one of those RB1 positions? Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I would not be afraid to get a 60%. I'm probably not going to have him that, quite that high, but um, I'm, I'm comfortable going with over 35 or, or whatever. Cause I just, sometimes you have to eat the chalk. I mean, and ten, he's just part of Tennessee's game plan. They're just going to hand the ball off to him all game long. And, and he has the talent against a not very good Jacksonville defense. Uh, so I think he's probably the safest guy on the slate. Yeah. One of the guys, and they can definitely work together. So back to the groups and the rules on that note with Henry, I'm with you. And it's kind of like almost like in showdown, right? Where you got to set up for a situation and you mentioned sort of the, um, the Zeke and uh, and Dak group, I, w- I might set one up for as well for Tannehill and Henry, even though they can absolutely, he, it can work together. I'm saying maybe you, you look at some builds like this when you're putting them together because uh, I like, and we didn't talk about it at quarterback. Whoops, I keep clicking the wrong thing, but I like the uh, Tannehill stacks as well as a way to leverage this ownership. Now, I, again, they do work together. You can use that. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, one more section too I want to go through here is sort of that bottom 5K range. Because I mentioned the Hines is the obvious leverage play, but uh, Melvin Gordon, right, with Philip Lindsay out, you've got uh, same game that we talked about with Brady and whatnot. You've got Ronald Jones who looked pretty good and now goes up against the defense that we just watched Josh Jacobs tear apart. Not saying Ronald Jones is anywhere near that talent level, but the obvious factor of matchup and price is there. And then if you go down a little bit, there's some other guys, you know, in the 4K range. Any thoughts on the lower end range in running back? So yeah, I, I, you mentioned Ronald Jones. I like that. I think people are going to be concerned about Fournette and you know McCoy, but I think Ronald Jones is still the guy there. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, again, that's going to be a high-scoring game. Carolina defense isn't very good, so I, yeah, I definitely like Ronald Jones. Probably the best of the guys you mentioned, and then Melvin Gordon. Actually, I mean, it's a tough matchup with Pittsburgh, but uh, yeah, Philip Lindsay is out, and that was the main concern there in the, in the Denver backfield was that uh, Lindsay could be taking the, some of the carries. But like, yeah, it's going to be the Melvin Gordon show, and they just they just handed him a ton of money, so. Yeah, let's let's go see him run. Yeah, and I agree with that. I also don't mind uh, Melvin Gordon. I, like I, I like Ronald Jones still over Melvin Gordon, but I kind of like Melvin Gordon for when we get to the secondary stacks and the quick stacks, where you could run like him and Deontay Johnson, who's both they're both you know Deontay Johnson's popular, but is he popular in a secondary stack with Melvin Gordon, who not everybody's on? Again, can I get leverage and get unique without getting crazy and stupid? They're actually both in excellent spots and would work and pair well together as a secondary stack. So I don't mind that. Uh, the other reason I want to bring up just this lower price range and then we'll move to running back, or sorry, to one wide receiver is because if everyone's using cheap wide receivers, again, another way to just get unique and get some leverage on the field is through, like I mentioned with Kelsey earlier, the expensive tight end versus the low end, use maybe an extra running back or two that's a little bit cheaper and be able to pay up for some more of these wide receivers. Someone's going to mention 
in a second. The, the, the guys are saying and girls are saying Shh, in the chat. We'll, we'll segue with that to wide receiver guys just for you. Uh, they're mentioning about, you know, our KC stacks that we're talking about and how everyone seems to be on Mike Williams, myself included. I think that price is a little bit silly at 4,200. But again, can you get unique with that? Sure. But what about Keenan Allen? Uh, and then we'll go through the range, but ranges. But what about Keenan Allen there uh, as an extreme GPP leverage play that pretty much I haven't heard anybody talk about? Yeah, I've been he's been totally off my radar, but that's a great point. I <laughs> think maybe he shouldn't be right because because uh, I do think people are going to be on Mike Williams to some extent. Now I don't think he's going to be the most popular wide receiver in that range, but he's he's underpriced, so a lot of people are going to have him. And yeah, if you go with Keenan Allen, you know we know that Keenan Allen's a really good wide receiver, so and it. You know that matchup against the Chiefs. There's going to be some points scored. So, yeah, I like that as a leverage play. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. Um, you know, Mike Williams doesn't really show a lot of ownership here yet. He shows six point seven percent. I tend to think it'll be a little bit higher. But then, yeah, you obviously do have guys like Corey Davis in there, right? You've got uh, Deontay Johnson, Paris Campbell, uh, C.D. Lamb, who we're talking to. So maybe let's uh, you know talk through one more thing before we go through the ranges, and that's the Dallas receivers. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, not everyone has full access. We'd love for you to get it. The links are in the chat. You can check it out. Be able to check out all these things that we're talking about. But uh, talk about the Dallas receivers because you've got Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, no Jarwin, which is at tight end, but it still does affect possibly the targets as they go around. Zeke as well. Maybe just this whole thing. Give, give your spiel on that because it's interesting, I think, what you brought up on the Q hunting uh, conversation with Eric. So maybe let's hear that for this. Yeah, I just, you know, I think there's only going to be so many touchdowns and these guys are going to be so popular that I like the idea of excluding Zeke from the the Dallas wide receivers. And you, you maybe, because I like Zeke a lot, so you're playing him, then maybe you're not, you know, getting so much Amari Cooper or so much uh, CeeDee Lamb. And I, I like CeeDee Lamb long term, but I mean, this is his second game. He's very talented, but there's there's so many good receivers there. I mean, what if, like, you know, what if Schultz gets it? a touchdown. And then, you know, Zeke gets two touchdowns. I mean, you could have that entire trio shut out. Um, so, you know, I like that game as high scoring. It's not like I'm going to fade that game, but I think you have to find unique ways to play it and, and play off the field. Yeah. And I'm with you there. I, I like that too, because it's kind of like one or the other. The funny thing is, and you know, back to Zeke for a second, ownership wise, 26%. I was going to say one more thing on that is I actually like him less than I do Henry. So I'd probably cap there and I'm with you on being over the field on Henry, uh, you know, even on FanDuel, the same. I know Zeke is extremely cheap over there, but it's kind of the same feeling of just, you know, Henry's going to pound one in, if not two, I think. But the other thing is about, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but I know uh, left tackle Tyron Smith for Dallas was questionable. So I'm not sure if that news came out. I don't have it right up and I'm running the show right now, but if someone can post it or you want to check it. But the thing is, is that would be interesting as well. He could get more check downs, but it would take me a little bit off that and a little bit more to the passing game. I still love the passing game. I like Lamb, chalk or not. I'm still with it. I think it's a good play. Uh, but then, you know, you get some leverage here on a guy like Cooper or even Gallup, who last year we were all over and for, you know, good reason. It's not like we should be off of them. So mix and match your stacks there. Don't be afraid to use them opposite of a Matt Ryan stack. That's the idea, right? If you're going to get some unique leverage, you can use instead of, you know, most people are going to use Ryan, Julio, Ridley, or Hurst, and then Zeke use a pass catcher and leave Zeke out still all together. There's still lots of great plays as John and I, and I have talked about. Uh, let's go through the ranges. I think Devonte Adams is by far just too cheap. The best play. It's another guy kind of like Henry, you know, it shows 19.6% ownership here. I mean, I'd have no problem with at least 40 and I normally don't like going heavy on wide receiver ownership because it's extremely volatile. So I'm saying maybe that's my case of this week where that's my one-off that I'm saying I'll go to 40. 
and then I could even cap everybody else at 20 or 25 and just let it disperse out. What's your thoughts on Adams and what's your thoughts on sort of the way to handle the ownership and usage with him? So, yeah, I, I like Adams. He's my highest owned wide receiver uh, on, on DraftKings. Uh, and then, you know, I like Julio as well. I, I, I think he's kind of a, a leverage because I do, I think people are going to be, you know, pounding in those Dallas wide receivers. And I, what if it's Zeke running the ball and then the Falcons are playing catch up and, and Julio and, and Ridley are getting the, the receptions. Uh, so those are my top two highest owned wide receivers. Yeah, I, I like that call. I actually, uh, you know, probably have, I, I have more Julio in my stacks, right? As sort of the, the unique situation there to try and leverage it that way. But I do still like DeAndre Hopkins only because it's kind of like one of those situations where it's like a squeeze play. Right. You've got Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Thielen. And then, of course, you know, guys like Evans have come up now and all that. And so, you know, at 13 percent, Hopkins just sitting there. He himself had a pretty good game. And if you're going to pair him up with Kyler, who we talked about is popular, that's a way to, to get someone that's a little bit different. And maybe in that lineup, you leave Adams out or try and squeeze both and go back to what we talked about at the previous position where you're just going to leave. Uh, you know, some of the cheaper running backs versus just the same chalk three that everybody's going with uh, dropping down a little bit. Uh, you like Ridley? You like Gage? What's your thoughts on those other Atlanta guys flipping to the other side? I mean, I probably like Ridley more than Gage. Just I think Gage has got a limited, uh, limited ceiling. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, if, if I'm running a bunch of Dallas and Atlanta stacks, I'm definitely going to have some, you know, a lot of Calvin, Calvin Ridley, um, you know, like Keaton Hurst as well. So yeah, I, we know there's going to be points scored in that game. Um, so yeah, it's just gonna be running a lot of stacks, you know, with, with different yeah. combinations of, of the wide receivers, but probably less so on the Dallas side and maybe a little bit more on the Atlanta side. Yeah. And we got about a half hour left, so we'll, you know, spend a little bit of time here. This is just the, you know, sort of the fun part. And then we'll get into, you know, quickly through tight end defense is sort of not the, the Jordan Cooper play wherever you want, but you definitely don't need a set in stone one, unless you think there's some crazy advantage or a hunch you've got and you want to risk it. But uh, talking about, you know, wide receivers still, let's flip flop through some of these pairings and see your thoughts. Obviously in stacks, I agree with you hundred percent. They all work when you're stacking up, but maybe some favorites. So Cooper cup, Robert Woods, what's your thought between those two? Probably like Woods better. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just got paid, right? Uh, I do like that. Yeah. I don't mind them both, but I really do like Woods more. Uh, the usage has just been showing and sort of trending that direction for him. Uh, Goff is a guy that throws the ball a ton. So I think that's a good, a good play. And it would be un- pretty unique at, you know, 4% ownership. You're already going to get him quite low. You don't really have to pick and choose when Cooper Cup's two and he's four. That's a play whoever you like situation, right? Whatever one you're, you feel best about, let's go with it. Uh, next grouping. And again, pricing matters. I get it. So whatever fits, but uh, Juju and Deontay Johnson, both are, you know, look at Juju's last game and then Deontay is all about price, but Deontay comes with a bunch of ownership. Juju right now showing for 2.5% ownership. Right. So I was listening to the the show before this and Grant was, uh, was talking, was talking up Juju. And I like that idea. Cause I, you know, like Deontay doesn't know these low priced on DraftKings this week, right? Like it's not going right. to change the Steelers you know, game plan that one of their guys is way too cheap on DraftKings. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Juju could end up getting the ball a bunch and, you know, and that's knocking out a bunch, you know, all of these teams, all these lineups that are using Deontay just because he's really cheap, you know, too cheap. I mean, wide receivers yeah. are so volatile. Sometimes they just don't see the ball a lot. I mean, you know, obviously there's guys like Julio and, and Devonte Adams that are going to always see the ball, you know, Michael Thomas, but like, yeah, I, we don't know how the Steelers are going to distribute things and they really, really like Juju. So yeah, he might be, it might be a Juju week. And then that's knocking out yeah. all those Deontay. 
I, I love what you said there because it happens all the time in golf and in football. But when someone says, you know, oh, of course, when Deontay Johnson's chalk, he busts. I'm like, yes, because he was 18% on DraftKings.com. That's why he busted this week. And it's just the game plan. We have no idea. Like you said, they can change it up. Uh, an injury can happen right away mid game and it switches things and the, and the halftime adjustments, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, if you did, I was just going to show them right quick. If you want to set up a group, I don't do this for every time, but you could set them both to a minimum percentage to make sure they both show up in your lineups, but put them as at most one especially if you're doing, you know, by quarterback, when you are, if you are building ben, big Ben lineups and you want to have them both together, no problem with that. That's another way that I like to get unique in certain stacks is say, okay, if everyone's going to be on Deontay, that maybe would mean big Ben has to have a good game. If it happens, if big Ben has a good game and hits a ceiling, doesn't he hit some other receivers? Why not use Juju in there? And now you got, yes, you have the 18% Deontay, but you have like a 3% big Ben and a 2% Juju for that stack. And then you can throw Melvin Gordon in the other side and tell the story that Denver gets a, you know, a pick early, maybe drops a quick touchdown. Ben gets it right back. They go up and score. I'm just giving you guys some ideas, right? But I do like that. Uh, Going through the rest of it here, some other plays, Mike Evans, I think is going to be an obvious one because just seems too cheap. 6,400. If Bruce Arians is honest, then it's going to be a play where he's going to use him. He says he wants to get Mike Evans the ball more. I could see situations in the end zone where, they just throw three fades to Mike Evans. I mean, he's going to catch one of them, most likely. And at 6,400, it's not something we're used to seeing, right? With Godwin out, uh, Scotty Miller, you mentioned. You know, I think that's a great play. We already sort of talked about that one. Any thoughts on this Allen Robinson situation? The, there's some squeaky wheel talk out there, but it was kind of like he just went on a rampage and, and deleted some stuff on off Instagram and his Twitter and then came back out and said, no, nah, I'm good, so I'll, I'll be patient. What's your thoughts on that one? So I don't love that game, you know, too much. And I mean, he's still, no matter how angry he is, no, no matter how squeaky the wheel is, he's still got Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's a very talented wide receiver in real life NFL um, this week. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so high on him uh, despite the squeaky wheel talk. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's sort of my exact feel. I, I didn't think of it like that at 6.4 K you've got, like Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Will Fuller, Amari Cooper, uh, Stefan Diggs. If you want to go with some of them, Josh Allen stacks, there's just so many options there that he's not one that super stands out to me anyway. Uh, and then talk to me about indie receivers, because I think if you are going to leverage one of the best ways to leverage this Taylor situation is to go with the pass game. I mentioned Naheem Hines could be utilized with rivers, but you also have Paris Campbell. Who's a little bit chalky. And then a guy like uh, Hilton, Where's he at here? Yeah, 9% ownership at 5.7K at home where we typically like him. And even if Rivers doesn't have the same arm, it's Hilton's guy that can catch one of those slants for 10 yards and then just take it to the house on that turf. So what's your thoughts on uh, Campbell, Hilton, the Indy stack, and then maybe running it back with a guy like uh, Adam Thielen or something? Where where are you at in that situation? That's exactly what I like. I've got uh, T.Y. Hilton as one of my conviction plays. Going to probably aim to be twice or three times the field on him. I like Paris Campbell as well, but I think Campbell's going to be a little bit more popular this week. And yeah, I don't know why people aren't talking up T.Y. Hilton. I mean, uh, Devontae Adams just destroyed that secondary. <laughs> and yeah. and I, T.Y. T. Hilton, yeah, I mean, he can catch a short pass and go for 75 yards. He doesn't need Rivers to throw it you know, 50 yards down the field. I mean, Hilton's yeah playing at home. Um, I think, yeah, he's a burner. So I like T.Y. Hilton a lot this week. And, and you know, I wouldn't mind going with Paris Campbell either. And, and then I like the idea also of running it back with uh, Adam Thielen because it, it's so concentrated there, uh, the, the passing in, in Minnesota. 
Yeah, almost identical situation to what I just spoke about, right? When you've got uh, Deontay Johnson chalk, but then you can pair it up with that situation if you like it. And this is probably one I like a lot more, to be honest. I've got more of those stacks that you just mentioned, right? It's going to be with Rivers uh, and then mixing between Naeem Hines, Campbell, and with um, Hilton, and then running it back on the other side with Adam Thielen. So definitely like that. And then let's sort of move down here and talk about these uh, you know, mid-range guys. We mentioned Keenan Allen. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, any take on the, you know, um, Marvin Jones situation? Because there's Marvin Jones, and then I think it's uh, Quinton Cephas or Cephas, and, and he's another guy that got like 10 targets last week for super cheap. So the the Detroit guys in that game, where are you at with that? So, yeah, I think Marvin Jones could have a good game. I, I think people were really high on him last week, and it didn't really work out so well. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Galladay is still out. So a lot of the same thought process we were using last week still holds true. Uh, just Marvin Jones is going to be a lot less owned. Uh, so I like I like the idea of going with Marvin Jones. I know Lasifus is is probably going to be a little popular. I, we'll see. He's just got kind of a weird name. I think he like sticks out to people. Um, but he did everything. Got a lot of targets. So um, yeah. So yeah, I'm probably going to be mix, mixing and matching the uh, the Detroit wide receivers and also T.J. Hawkinson uh, in some Green Bay Detroit stacks because I mean those are two good quarterbacks that can air it out. Right? Aaron Aaron Rodgers and and Matt Stafford. So that, that's one of those games that we're not really thinking about so much, but could easily end up you know scoring more points than Dallas Atlanta, which everyone's going to be all over. Yeah, and Stafford loves to chuck the ball, and and so does River, so does um, Rodgers right now, especially right after the uh, they picked Love in the draft, and now he's thinking he was sort of snubbed. I think that's part of it. And we talked about how good a play Adams is. How can you get? additional to just at having Adams in your lineups. A good way would be that Detroit stack. And some folks asked, asked about that in the chat a little bit earlier. I think that's a good way to be able to go out and do it. Now, Perryman's down there at the same price. So I think that's, you know, what's changing the ownership. So uh, Sivas is going to be 2.7%, even if it is five to your point. I think it's could be a little higher than 2.7. Perryman is pulling away some of the ownership. So I wouldn't hate that. And then the last couple of questions from the chat, maybe just thoughts on a couple of guys here in, um, Terry McLaurin and in Marquise Brown for the Ravens. What are your thoughts on those two? I like Brown a little bit more. I think McLaurin's just a little bit too, too highly owned. Um, like that, that offense just isn't good so far that we've seen. I mean, I know like F1, uh, you know, I, I live in the DC area, so I know that, um, I mean, he's the main guy and he's like, the, he's the only real wide receiver they have. But I, I don't know that they're going to be playing at that, that fast of a pace, even playing Arizona. Um, and I, McLaurin's just a little bit too expensive for me, but he, I mean, he is a guy that can break the slate. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I got a few shares of him only because I'm, you know, pretty heavy on this Washington, Arizona game. And, you know, he's showing seven, he could be 10. It's getting up there though, for, for what we're expecting. And like I said, again, you've got a range that's pretty strong. And, you know, another thought is too, I always think about this, especially when it's in, you know, single entry or high dollar, you know, cash, whatever you want to call it that you're playing in, that you're going to use sort of the best plays is I look at like, What's the quarterback that's attached to that play? And not a shot against Dwayne Haskins. I think he's fine. And, he'll, you know, I can use him in some GBP lineups and have him for some large field stuff. He could take down a millie maker for someone. You got to find that right week. Is he going to be consistent enough to make that work? I don't know. And I know they have some history and a connection there. So I think that's, a you know, an interesting play. But like you said, it's not one that I'm all about or all over. Anybody else at wide receiver you want to talk about before we move on? About 25 minutes left or so, just give or take. 
Just something you mentioned, you know, thinking about the quarterback attached. I know Perryman's going to be really popular, as is probably Chris Herndon as we get into the tight ends. And just remember yeah. that Sam Darnold's throwing them the ball. <laughs> so and, and and they still play for the Jets. No shots. Sorry, not sorry. But, yeah, it's tough. And I'm with you there. And that's like a decision in cash this week. I know it's a lineup build show. We're talking about more than one lineup. But if you do play cash out there and we're trying to drop any nuggets we can, I think Perryman – that's one. Could he do something? Yes. Did he do something in Tampa Bay? But I mean, look what Jameis was doing. I know he's throwing this the 30-30 club, which isn't ideal to be within as far as interceptions and touchdowns go. But I mean, he was still throwing a lot of touchdowns. He was airing the ball out. This is Sam Darnold that's attached. Now, what I will say is if you do want to go there, that was one of the disgusting plays I forgot to mention to you earlier. Uh, you can run a Darnold Perryman Herndon stack, which I know it's puke in your mouth disgusting, but at the same time, that is one of the cheapest stacks you can possibly run on this slate. And we have seen some Jets games and some 49ers games in the past surprise people that they expected to be terrible. I've seen live finals one with Jets stacks, right? Recent years. So it's just the way it can go at times. So uh, let's segue in with that news, Herndon. What are your thoughts? I mean, you just mentioned with the the attachment there, but on the on the cheap tight ends in general Mm -hmm. using that, you know, Herndon has, like you said, the attachment there with him, but you've got Logan Thomas, you've got uh, Jordan Reed. People are talking about, there's a a lot of guys down in this range. Where are you at with these cheap tight ends this week? We'll start there. So probably my favorite is Jordan Reed, um, but it's, it it hurts, right? Um, He's, he's so cheap just because he's, he's actually cheaper than all the other cheap tight ends. And with Kittle out, I mean, Jordan Reed is a receiving tight end. Uh, He's familiar with the offense. He's just, I don't know if he can make it through an entire game without getting hurt. <laughs> like I, I've actually talked Jordan Reed up before I, a couple of weeks or a couple of years ago in week one, I said, it doesn't matter if he gets hurt later in the season and he got hurt in that game. <laughs> and so, uh, but you know, I think, I think you could catch a lot of passes. I think he's, you know, good shot to get a touchdown. I know they've got the, uh, the working wide receiver, I think is Ayuk is going to, um, you know, he's playing and he's probably going to see some targets as well. Uh, but I think I think San Francisco could roll in that game. Um, and so I, I like Jordan Reed, most of the tight ends. Yeah, I sprinkled him in for sure because of the same reasons you said. Now, I did see a tweet this morning. I got so many notifications blasting me and things popping up everywhere. I can't find it at the moment. But someone did mention that the coach talk around that just this morning interview was that he's going to be on limited snaps. Oh, so really? I would just say, yeah, we, we got time after this. So check it out. But And for everybody watching maybe go check that out and post it in there for everybody else or see what you can find. Uh, I can't remember where it was on Twitter. It might've been Scott Barrett posted it out, but I think it was just saying that it's going to be limited snaps for him for this week. But again, who else are they going to use? They've got uh, Brandon Ayuk. I thought was a little bit interesting getting his first start, obviously ceiling upside, kind of like the guy you would have wanted to use in week one, but we just didn't get a chance to play him because he wasn't playing. So why not try him out in week two? I thought about him. Uh, we didn't talk about him, so I'll bring that up now with the Reed conversation. You mentioned Hawkinson. Uh, we talked about him a little bit on the Tourney Takes pod. For me, it was sort of, I need to be sold a little bit more. So because you got Henry there, you've got Goddard, Ingram, Ertz. They're all right around him. And these are guys you could play. Higby, now it looks like Everett is in today. But if he is banged up or that back's a little sore, you've got Higby. They all show low ownership. So I can be swayed anyway. Talk to me about this range and give me your, your pitch on Hawkinson. So yeah, I just think he's a talented tight end. I think he was, I think first round pick uh, last year, and it's, I think they want to get him more involved in the offense. I think they see him, you know, as, as one of the premier tight ends in the league in the coming years. Uh, so you know, and I think Matthew Stafford, you know, loves to throw the ball. Um, you know, they're not going to be running, I think, as much as they have in previous years. Uh, you've got Galladay out. You know, 
So I, I think there's room there for Hawkinson to be getting targets and touchdowns. Yeah, Hawkinson showing 3%. I think this goes back a little bit. Here. It's a good sales pitch only because of one other thing, too, that I'm thinking about. Marvin Jones, 7%. And then we'll go all the way back to uh, Stafford here just for a second. Because, yeah, people did bring this up, and I think it's a a good call here. What was Stafford? 6.2. 2, 2%. So, yeah, going back to tight end with Hawkinson, what, what you just said is I think that's a nice stack. And even though Cephas was only showing up for such a low ownership, it's kind of like, again, why even go there when you can go with Stafford, uh, Marvin Jones, Hawkinson, 555 and a touchdown last week. I mean, like you said, a guy that they've they're high on. Good play, great play, maybe as far as overall goes. And then uh, Adams on the other side. Like, there's literally nothing wrong with that stack. It's still cheap enough to make the other stuff work. And you're not playing a guy that you're really not sure about that, yes, he got 10 targets last week, but who says that history is going to repeat itself and that's going to be the same this week? So, I definitely like that call. I want to remind everyone really quick, too, before we get back to tight end, uh, there's a crunch time DK league. That's going to be put out there for the YouTube chat viewers. Obviously, this chat is free every week. You guys are seeing back-to-back-to-back shows leading right up to uh, lock with everybody. And then you've got the highest place finisher with an RG logo is going to get a free week of Core 4 Premium to be able to have access to all the stuff you're seeing on my screen and that we're talking about as we go through it. Uh, Someone threw in the chat just now, John. What about uh, Danny Amendola then, if we're using that same conversation around the Detroit stack? You like him? But I'd, I'd use him in a Detroit stack without any hes- hesitation. Yeah, I think uh, Cephas is going to be a higher owned than Amendola likely. And we've seen yeah. Danny, and like you think of Danny Amendola as kind of a think and dunk uh, wide receiver, but I, we've seen him have huge games before. So, yeah, yeah I, I think if you're running like a, a Detroit stack, I don't mind Amendola at all. Yeah, if Amendola breaks the slate, I'm in big trouble, but I do like it in those stacks, like you mentioned, because he has the the opportunity. And then whatever happens from there is, you know, what you take what you can get, and he's not expensive. I like the call, like you said, over Cephas, maybe, but it's a little bit of a risk as far as ceiling is concerned, but he can have a big game for sure. Uh, back to tight end, we talked about this uh, way to differentiate and to just go to the top and, and be unique in that sense. Maybe if you're only doing it in stacks, I don't know. That's like I say, I like Kelsey probably a lot more with Mahomes than not because if he's going to hit a ceiling it's likely that Mahomes has an even bigger game than what we anticipated so and we, we've seen him have some big ones so uh, talk to me about Kelsey uh, any love for Andrews Ertz and then lastly I'll say Ingram but I know Tate was announced in so kind of goes off my radar because of that but what about like the Ertz Goddard thing and then Andrews and Kelsey so I, I kind of like Goddard uh, coming up a little bit more than Ertz I like Kelsey and Andrews are going to be guys that I'm going to be pairing with their quarterbacks. So yeah, if I'm doing my home team, I'm going to be, you know, pairing them uh, with Kelsey and then, uh, you know, same Lamar loves throwing to Mark Andrews. Uh, somebody we, we haven't mentioned Johnny Smith. Um, I, cause uh, AJ Brown is out, right? So Ryan Tannehill likes to throw, you know, to, to Johnny. So I think he's somebody who's really cheap, uh, both FanDuel and DraftKings. And so I, I think he's someone that could be getting uh overlooked a little bit you speaking my language i was going there next i tagged him up as a conviction play i think the interesting part there is the uh, Corey davis situation and the even adam humphreys you know Corey davis i tend to like a little bit more even though he feels like the one that everyone will blame the chalk that broke that you know that hurt the slate we'll call it not broke the slate certainly but let's say he doesn't do well they'll say of course chalk Corey davis blew us up but i already liked John o. Smith. This is a guy they've shown that you know liking to with no AJ Brown. He's a big boy. He can catch and run. The yards after the catch, pretty much everything goes there. And again, what is he tied to? A pretty good quarterback in Tannehill. What is he leveraged to? 
a pretty chalky running back who we still love, but you could even use Henry in one of these situations. If you want to go Tannehill, Henry, and Janu, I pretty much think you have the entire end zone covered because, right. well, it could be Davis. Yes, it's not as likely to be a guy like Humphreys. You basically have the whole end zone covered in that game. And then someone asked, this is a good conversation. You can elaborate on that if you want, but do you like uh, LaVisca this week for, for Jacksonville? I do. I think he's, I, think he I, mean, I just think he's a talented NFL player. And I, I don't know that anyone's necessarily thinking of like Jacksonville offense, right? Like we're skipping right over the Jacksonville offense, but I mean, they're going to get the ball just as much as any other team, you know? So, um, you know, we all, we all love like Derek Henry. We, you know, we're saying we like Johnny Smith. Why not run him back with a Jacksonville guy? Yeah, I certainly love that. And I also like uh, too, when we talk, we're going to go here pretty quick now, 15 minutes left to this, to these stacks. Uh, like, so we're not going to talk about defense really, but uh, in a secondary stack, Henry popular, how to, how do you get, you know, you, you got to still use them. We just talked about being even 60% on them. Why not use Chenault on the other side of him as a mini stack? Because if it is just him running it all game, let's not trust maybe going back to Minshew to blow this game wide open and have to run that whole stack. Just run a guy on the other side. And I think he would be a perfect candidate. Guess what? By the way, he's also 4.2K. He's surrounded by all the chalk and nobody wants to use him and had a pretty good week one. And there has been talks of them wanting to use him almost like a, a Muhammad Sanu style where they want, you know, want to use him all over and move him around. He was, I think he got a carry last week even as well. Uh, you know, where they've got that situation with Thompson and uh, James Robinson, who guys didn't mention as well, but there's, there's a lot of things you can do on that side. And I think he's a perfect opportunity to run him back the other way, or even in your full Tannehill stacks. And then lastly, I like uh, Logan Thomas. I know he's extremely popular. You have to work around how you use him. I'm certainly using him more in the game stacks, but I think the situation with him is just the price, the upside, the opportunity. And then I kind of like the little mini revenge factor. He was originally drafted by Arizona, and now he gets to go back and play against them. So it's just a little other nugget on the table. It's one of those ones where I feel like if the chalk is okay, so I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, you know, build rules. Talk a couple minutes on those. You mentioned doing it by quarterback. I like doing it by quarterback. A couple things that I want to talk to you about. We're not going to set them all. But how many unique players do you like to use? Let's say we're setting up for 20 lineups because we're going to do quarterback A here. We're going to do uh, Mahomes lineups. 20, 20 Mahomes lineups. How many uh, unique players do you typically like to use? And does it matter by how many quarterbacks you have? Or how do you set it up? So, yeah, I'll actually play around with it depending on how many how many lineups I'm doing. Um, and it, at some point, you actually kind of break the uh, – break the tool <laughs> if you if you yes. add too many because you you end up not being able to get enough lineups uh, but i try to i actually try to mix and match as much as i can um you know you can put it up you know three four uh just I'm trying at. to you know especially if i'm doing one quarterback because i want to you know i want to be getting different defenses and then you know another way you can do that right is you can be setting your uh, max exposure on all the defenses to like 10 percent or 15 percent or whatever you want uh, when you're running those Mahomes teams or whatever quarterback you're you're running for. Yeah, and John's talking about this guy's here. You can change the max on them. I typically do it to like a max of 25 and then see how it plays out. And if it's giving me too many at the top because it likes their point per dollar or something, then I'll adjust. But for the sake of the video and the spirit of it, I'm I'm with you there. I like, you know, four, three or four. What The good thing about doing it by quarterback, though, is if I do see a lineup I absolutely love, I might just duplicate that and change a defense. Or maybe like a, a 2v2 that will work with a different running back and defense to try and make it a secondary stack or maybe even a third stack where it, it's like, you know, I can still, I really love that build and I think it's going to be unique. That secondary is unique to the secondary stack, but I want to get one more thing in there. 
Um, salary constraints real quick. And then one more, I'll go after that. What, what's your salary constraints like typically? You mean like setting it so that I'm not using maximum salary? Yeah. Do you, do you like cap at 49.9 because of the opportunity that everyone's going to max it normally? Or do you say I have to go at you know 48.5 and up? Where are you at with that? No. So NFL, I have to, uh, NFL main slate, I won, would not change the maximum salary. I'm not so worried about like duplicates. I mean, there's just so many positions, so many players. I mean, we've got a 12 game yeah. slate. So I'm not in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not thinking someone's going to duplicate my lineup, especially if I'm like using my own unique projections. Um, but you know, for showdown, absolutely. I I would, I would cap that, especially like FanDuel. I'm not going to use like the full 50,000 in, uh, like in, um, their single game format. Yeah. I've been learning that a lot more. And I think that's, you know, a great call for, for FanDuel showdown because there's no position swap by salary or anything like it doesn't matter who you put in your MVP. It doesn't change the salary like it does in DraftKings. So Great point there. And then the last two quick ones I said, so flex exposure. Uh, I personally don't use tight end in the flex. I know it could work even on a week like this. There's cheap tight ends. I just haven't seen it work enough times. Uh, back to the Q hunting thing that you and Eric do the show. Uh, Eric's done some extensive articles in the past. Just want to bring it up because it's on the show with you and has done it on here with Slate IQ and going through it. I think it's like literally one time or like one, or like 3% of the time over the last four or five years. Britt Devine, as well as done some stuff on that. And maybe it's his article and, and Eric does beside it with his slate IQ stuff. But do you use tight end in the flex at all? I do, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> You're actually making a really compelling argument to, that I should be checking that box off because I, I do use tight end in the flex. And yeah, I, um, yeah, it probably doesn't work. So <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Hey, I'm, you're the guy, man. I, I really look up to you. I think you do a lot of great things. I'm, I'm happy to be on here with you today, just learning lots as we go. So trying to get a few questions in there, you know, not always just for the viewers. I like to ask some questions too. And I think there's different ways to look at it. And certainly on some slates, there would be opportunity. The challenge of what they talk about in these articles in the past is the ceiling cap, right? How do you get two ceilings? And normally to get a ceiling, like, yes, we know Ertz, a guy like Ertz, and right now they might be down on him because the contract talk. That's why Goddard looks pretty good. But uh, Kelsey and Andrews, let's say, can they're wide receiver ones. Can they hit a ceiling? Absolutely. But try putting those two in your lineup and then think about the opportunity cost of what you're leaving on the table. That probably means no Henry, no Adams. You have to like subtract Henry and Adams to get to those two. Would it be unique? Yes. Might it be smart? I don't know. We'd find out after. We don't get the answer sheet till after the, the results, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, lastly, I want to talk about was just the max total ownership. Do you mess with, I mean, obviously large field, it's important, but can you get unique enough without using that? Or do you like to use it just to make sure that when you're looking at your 20, let's say you're building 50 to take 20 from, do you use that to try and have a, as an extra leverage piece to say, okay, I got to exclude that one. It's just too chalky. I think you, I think you can use ownership in that way. And I, I use ownership in that way in other sports like MMA. I'll do that. Like I'll just say, I've got right. too many favorites here. That's not going to, not likely to happen. And if it does, this lineup's going to be duplicated. Um, right. In football, because I'm using the uniques and I'm using you know the max percentage exposures on, on different positions, I don't worry about total ownership so much, and you know I'm just not putting my cash teams into into tournaments. Okay, and I'm with you there. I, I sort of like that, and it's like you said, it, it does result in other sports where you can say, and especially if you've got your own projections, as you mentioned, if I've got this much projection on the same quarterback, the same stack build, but my ownership's forty percent cheaper. I kind of like that because it's going to guarantee it. And I'm still playing a lineup that I like quite a bit. So um, lastly, we only got a few minutes left here, but I've talked about the groups enough. People, you guys have seen those where I've went through it and shown you some of the groups you can do, uh, but stacks, quick stacks. I mean, I'm sure you use those in some way, shape or form. Uh, setting up a primary stack 
is there one that, you know, sort of is, is your go-to? I know you can do like 40%, 40%, 20%. If you have three different styles, let's just talk about one for the sake of the video and having, you know, five, six minutes to go. What would you do as far as a, a primary stack? What are you looking at? So, so this week, like uh, pick out a, a primary stack. Uh, um, not necessarily for players. I'm talking about the tool to use it to say like, uh, for me, it might be quarterback with, from the same team, uh, two of wide receiver tight end. I want triple stacks with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I want, if he's hitting the ceiling, I want it to be with at least two. And I don't know if I'm going to put him with CEH. I could say two with riders running back wide receiver and tight end. Do you have a favorite sort of, uh, primary stack setup? So yeah, I'll do like three wide receiver tight end because I don't want to uh, necessarily bring in the the running back as often. Uh, and then, uh, but then I'll, I'll do individual player groups as well for some of the uh, pass catching running backs. Right. Um, so and you guys, go ahead. No, I was going to say you guys can apply it as well to whatever teams you want. I've selected Mahomes. We're going to end on a Mahomes build here, but uh, secondary stack. What would be sort of a favorite secondary stack? And this is just showing folks at home that like, you can set it up. We're going to do for the sake of the video, a hundred percent. I'm going to target the the primary stack of a quarterback with two of wide receiver and tight end for a three man stack, and for a secondary stack. Any thoughts on what you'd like to see there? What what's your go to? So I think running back and defense is the classic, but actually I kind of like running back tight end. Like we kind of talked about with Tennessee, right? Derrick Henry and Johnny Smith. I think it's going to be that kind of game where Tennessee is not getting huge chunks of yardage, but it's going to be some Derrick Henry runs, then some Johnny catches. And then at the, you know, near the goal line, either one of those guys could be getting a touchdown. So yeah, you can, you can have like running, you know, correlate your running back with a tight end. Yeah. And so I'm with you there. And I just made a narrative for everyone watching. It's the same team as above opposings below. So I got one quarterback, two wide receiver tight ends, and then maybe we'll run it back with one wide receiver running back. We're going to do some stacks where we run it back 100%. On the other side, I've got one running back uh, with one tight end from the other side. You could, again, if you're like just a pass catcher, you could say one running back with one wide receiver tight end. Do that on 50% of your stacks. Add a second one. It's at zero. I'm going to change it to 50. We're going to do this just for the sake, and then we'll, we'll see it and change it to running back defense from the same team so half the builds we get will be with running back defense as a secondary stack half the builds we get will be with one of a running back for sure and then either a wide receiver or tight end on the other side we're not going to do third stacks and the last thing i want to show people is too as well is i like to build more lineups so if i'm looking for 20 mahomes lineups i might build 40 so that i can do what i talked about earlier with sort of that virtual hand building so i'm going to click build 40 it should go fairly quick we've got four or five minutes left here and we're going to get out of here again if you haven't Check the chat already. Devin's going to drop the link in. You can sign up, get access to all this. Check out the contest for YouTube viewers only that are going to have a Roto-Grinders logo in, as their avatar. And the highest Roto-Grinders avatar winner is going to get a free week of this to be able to have access to all this stuff and see it. Uh, it's just running out now, John, so we can see it. But the idea is they're going to be able to see everything that we just talked about. It's going to build as many as it can. In this case, it should be no problem. Like you said, you can... Break the optimizer if you want to spend four hours going through and having your stuff all set up that way. But uh, you can use Lineup HQ to do all this stuff, right? It's pretty much covering you from head to toe. Any final thoughts before these builds pop up for the slate? No, I mean, I just, I, I think it's an important week to keep in mind how many games there are because I think the, the Dallas Atlanta game is going to be really popular. So I think if you're using, a, you know, players from that game, I think you have to be thinking about how you're going to differentiate your lineup. Yes. And, and you mentioned, you know, we went through some of the plays, but the Hursts, you know, we talked about Gage, not as high on him, but just the guy, you know, Ridley going the Ryan side instead, you know, using 
gallop in between Cooper and Lamb, who are the more popular names. There's there's all kinds of ways to go about it. Uh, if you look, these lineups have popped up now, guys. So obviously our exposures are going to be heavily weighed to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs side. And then, yes, it is liking a little more Mike Williams, but even through some Kelly, some Eckler, uh, we'd probably have to go back. Didn't get, you know, if you didn't get enough Keenan Allen, I set a minimum 10% and it only gave me the minimum. I'm not going to do this for time's sake, but you guys can change right here in the min. Well, that's not enough. I wanted 20 of him now because it only gave me 10 to his 7%. You can see what the ownership projection is here, what we got him at four lineups of the 40. Obviously, that equals 10%. And then just look at, you know, one of the top builds here, and then we'll get out of here, is you've got, you know, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins in the flex, which will already be unique. And you're basically just saying, can he bust out and do better than, let's say, a, uh, you know, 5,200? Can he do better than Melvin Gordon at 5,200 that some might put in there for their, for their later slate? Well, he probably can, right? If Mahomes is going to have this ceiling game, that's a possibility. They run it back with Mike Williams. It's got Ronald Jones with the Buccaneers defense. So saying, you know, Bridgewater can make some mistakes. You know, they do... They, they were the only team really to hold down uh, CMC last year, by the way. We didn't talk about that earlier, but that was sort of the one spot where he got held back. Uh, and then you've got Devontae Adams, who we love. So it's tagging him up, right? He's going to be our heavily owned guy. And Christian Kirk. So you're still getting a piece of the uh, Arizona-Washington game. What's interesting is it's completely fading the Dallas-Atlanta game. So what are your thoughts on just that build overall and then how it works against the slate? I like it. I mean, I, I don't know about fading that that game completely, but I, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So I think that's a that's a you know, potential winning lineup, right? Like we're we're kind of differentiating, you know, from in terms of games, in terms of players, in terms of the you know positions. So I like it. Perfect, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on with me, man. I do appreciate you joining us. I'm sure everybody does a super sharp. I'm hoping to run well today like you and crush it and kill the kill the slate. I'm sure you're going to do the same back in some queues, back in some big GPPs. Hopefully. Appreciate all you guys out there, man. This is awesome. You guys join us every Sunday for this free show, going through how to use all the tools, checking it out. Sign up, check us out. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit us up if you have any questions. Other than that, John, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for watching and good luck. Yeah, good luck to you. a few weeks down the line with T.Y. Hilton, the guy that saw nine targets, the guy that got a lot of air yards and gets a secondary matchup. Maybe the best on paper that we have this week with Minnesota. Wrap it all up into those prices. Tough to find better value than T.Y. Hilton there in the mid-range. All right, let's go to the quarterback position. few options I really like this week, but we're going to focus it down to Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Now, there's a lot of different quarterback plays on the books that I really like this week here in week two. You want to play Lamar Jackson, no issues with that. Against Houston with a 52-point total, Patrick Mahomes, some other names. But I think this is a spot Dak Prescott really gets it going. We saw him disappoint on a national stage. Tougher matchup with that Rams defense. Aaron Donald causing havoc there for this Cowboys offensive line. But we go from that to a home game with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this team just gave up almost a perfect performance 
by Russell Wilson. 322 yards, four touchdowns, only three incompletions in that game, one of which was a drop by DK Metcalf. This is just a fantastic matchup. And I know this is a team that wants to run the ball. They're going to do whatever they want here in this matchup. But I think Dak really going to go off here against this team. 28 are the Falcons in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position here. Another big total here. Big home game. Dallas does not want to go 0-2 here, but get a shootout. So definitely a stackable game as well. Run it back with some Atlanta guys. Hint, hint, we're not done with Dallas here. But Dak, the guy I want here against this terrible Falcons defense. So I hinted at it. We're going to stay with Dallas here. We're going to go to wide receiver position. Lots of guys to choose from here. We're going to roll with CeeDee Lamb. And no issues with Amari Cooper. I also like Michael Gallup, but we had to narrow it down to one. And I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb here. You take Blake Jarwin out of this lineup, which is terrible. Tough to see a guy I really expected big things from in this offense. But I think that's even more targets that are going to go to these three receivers. The target distribution just gets a little more narrow here with the loss of Jarwin. And CeeDee Lamb, a guy that was on the field a ton, played over 80% of the snaps in that opening game against the Rams. And you look at these prices, 4700 on DraftKings, just a tick over 5000 on Fandle. I think there's massive upside here with CeeDee Lamb, especially in this matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. We saw both Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at big games. So there's room for a Cooper, a Gallup, a Lamb for all of these guys to be productive here. Let's take the cheapest guy. Let's shoot for upside here, or even the double stack with a Lamb and a Gallup. Either way you go, CeeDee Lamb, my favorite of the group when considering price. Jamming him in a ton of lineups here this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for week two. But before we do that, guys, we're going to continue the Beast of the Week contest. Very simple. It's a thank you to you guys for watching the video. All you have to do, get in the comment section right below the video and guess fantasy points on FanDuel will go with this week. For my Beast of the Week, the closest guess will win themselves either a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium, gives you access to everything to try it out for a week, absolutely free of charge, or if you're already a premium subscriber, thank you for that. We'll send you a free Roto-Grinders t-shirt. So let's wrap this baby up. Let's take a look. My favorite play for week two, you know Mass, the Beast of the Week. All right, this time we'll you one more running back. There's one guy I'm cramming into every lineup this week. It's Derrick Henry of the Titans against the Jaguars this week's Beast of the Week. So we saw Derrick Henry on that Monday night game. If he stayed up that late, I was one of those guys up till 1.30 watching that game. 34 touches for Derrick Henry. And you got to give it up for that Denver defense. Did a good job kind of slowing him down. But the numbers were still there for Henry. As bad as it kind of looked, he got there eventually. And volume, the king here, if he's going to see this type of volume weekly, as we expect, he's going to be a monster here, especially against this Jacksonville defense. 31st in DVOA against the run last season. Now you take away some of the big guns on that defense from last season. Ramsey, obviously, in the secondary. But guys like Ngakwe, Campbell, they lost a ton of guys on that defense, so they're going to go from bad to worse here. And let's take a look at history here for Derrick Henry. We all remember some big games against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right, seven touchdowns over the last three games alone against this Jacksonville team. And in the last two games he has played this Jacksonville team at home, he is averaging almost 42 DraftKings points per game. Mic drop here, very simple, Derrick Henry in a smash spot, easily my favorite play for week two and this week's Beast of the Week. 
All right, guys, that wraps up for week two in the Fantasy Bar here, talking FanDuel and DraftKings in the NFL. If you have any comments, questions, feedback, hit me up right below the video in that comment section. can also reach out and follow me on Twitter, at BeermakersFan. Also, don't forget your guest, Fantasy Points, for Derek Henry on FanDuel for that shot at some free RG Premium or that free Roto-Grinders t-shirt. Also, rotogrinders.com slash beer to take advantage five dollars off limited time offer take advantage of that core four premium subscription rotogrinders.com slash beer for rotogrinders.com i am beer saying salut best of luck here in week two guys again we'll have some baseball videos trickling out keep an eye on that good luck have a great weekend and we'll see you back here for week three see ya hey thanks for checking out our videos if you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports Make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What is up, everybody? Welcome to Crunch Time NFL Edition. When we last had this rendezvous, Tuttle was giving out some great plays. Christy was winning her way into the live finals, and I was playing Rob Gronkowski. Uh, so you guys did pretty good. I did not, but uh, happy to be joined by you guys again. Christy, first, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, gosh, it was a great first week. I got to, you know, debut with you guys for Crunch Time and, yeah, qualify at the same time. So, Let's see if we can hopefully get some good plays out there again this week. Right. You literally said, these are the good plays. Then you played the good plays. Then you won a live final seat. Like in that order, that's uh, that, that's kind of the proof is in the pudding there. So yes, we will try to do that again. We have Tuttle as well. What's up, man? Not much. Um, I'd like to say it's an interesting week, but not that interesting. At least if you're playing cash games, it's a little bit more fun for tournaments if you want to fade some things and want to make stands but in cash games it's a, actually a pretty straightforward week okay a value week right it's there's just there's value everywhere so we're going to figure out which cheapies we like which cheapies we're fading we'll get to that we're going to run through all the positions but first i should add a couple little bits of housekeeping one we've got a deal going on for core four subscribers um it's already, I think, by far the best deal out of any of our competition. So it's already a good deal. And now you get a discount on it. So I think Devin is going to drop that link in there. Also, we have a Crunch Time tournament ongoing right now. Uh, so I got to get in this. I might do something stupid like play Rob Gronkowski. So there's dead money already. But if you win, I think you're going to get some swag. You get a month of free premium. You do have to have a Rotor Grinders uh, a week, a week, sorry, I oversold it. You get a week of free premium, you get a little swag. Uh, so go ahead, join up. You get the honor of trying to beat me, at least. Um, so with that, I think we get on into the slate. Christy, we started with you last time, so we'll switch it up. We'll go with Tuttle here. Why don't we talk about some quarterbacks? Yeah, quarterbacks. It's going to depend a little bit on which site you're playing on. I have uh, FanDuel and DraftKings here loaded up that I'll swap between. Uh, for lineup HQ, that's one of the tools that we have at Rotor Grinders. And you can see just raw projection-wise how we have these guys listed according to Derek Cardi's The Blitz projection system. There's going to be one guy you see here on DraftKings specifically that stands out like a sore thumb or sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, second highest projected guy, again, according to projection system called The Blitz by Derek Cardi. Kyler Murray is only 6,100 on DraftKings. He is way too cheap. We saw him run the ball a little bit more frequently. Uh, smashed, I think, for 94 rushing yards. Had a touchdown last week. Um, and is just way too cheap for the production that he put up last week. Pretty decent matchup. He'll be running around a little bit this week, too, just because the Washington Red, uh, the Washington football team, I bet, uh, can get pressure on him. So he'll be forced to use his legs in this matchup as well. And I think he is uh, the best play on DraftKings at the quarterback position once you consider price. And he's the guy that I think is a cash game lock on DraftKings. Um, on FanDuel, it, it, you can kind of decide between a few different guys. You can decide between Kyler Murray again on FanDuel, but he's not quite as discounted on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. So if you want to go up and play Lamar Jackson once again in cash games on FanDuel, I think that's completely okay as well. Um, and then the other guy that I would consider a cash game play on FanDuel would be uh, Patrick, or not Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. So on FanDuel, for me, it's kind of deciding which price range you want to sit on, sit in between Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray. And then on DraftKings, for me, in, in cash games, it's basically just Kyler Murray. Okay, excellent. Christy, let's talk some tournament pivots here, unless you, you have a strong uh, contrarian take there in cash, but it seemed like you agree with what Tuttle said. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely do. Those are the cash game plays for sure. And like you mentioned on FanDuel in particular, um, there's a few other ways that you can go. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's a great play. Prescott's a great play. Um, a couple of the guys I'm looking at is I noticed early on in the week that there's just not a lot of talk about the Kansas City Chiefs game. And so Mahomes actually is one of the guys that I wrote up as as a GPP play, um, a contrarian play. Um, you know, anytime you can get any of those Chiefs guys at low ownership, I'm definitely going to have interest. And so I have him in my player pool, um, especially on FanDuel, just because Kyler Murray, you know, has such a good price point over there on DK for sure. Um, Matt Ryan is another one that, you know, have a little bit of interest in as well. Um, and then I would also maybe mention Aaron Rodgers too. He had a strong week last week and, you know, I think Devonte Adams is going to be very popular and make some sense if you're doing some stacking there. Excellent. All right. Why don't you bring us into running back and kind of start with some of those cash plays at running back? Absolutely. Well, I think this week um, it really stood out where there's really three plays that really, you know, jump to the jump to the top. Jonathan Taylor, you know, at his price on both sites, 5,800, 5,700. Um, he's just the play. I mean, you know, with Marlon Mack going out, he's a guy you're going to want to get in your cash game lineups. Um, another great play, Derek Henry. Um, you know, he's just going to get a ton of touches with AJ Brown being out. You know, I just expect to see him in, you know, probably score, you know, he's potential to score two or three touchdowns as well. And then of course, getting to that Dallas Atlanta game, Ezekiel Elliott, um, fantastic play. Um, he's priced very, very reasonably. So I would say for cash game plays, those are three that really, you know, kind of pop to the top. Excellent. Uh, really quick, we did get a question from Madison on quarterbacks. Any love for Tyrod in a tournament, Christy? Um, you know, he didn't make my player pool this week. Um, I could see how you could get there, uh, you know, going on the cheaper side that I did last week, like with Trubisky, but um, didn't quite make my pool this week. Okay, fair enough. Tuttle, let's talk running backs. Anything uh, different in cash and probably more likely, what do you like in tournaments? Yeah, no, I mean, Christy nailed it with cash. And it's that, that's what I alluded to when I introed and saying it's kind of an easy slate. It's almost annoyingly easy in the sense that your three cash running backs almost come preloaded. Uh, they're such good plays, such good price points that it's it's tough to get off those those three guys in cash. Um, in tournaments, though, we, we know these guys are uh, going to be so heavily owned. I'm sorting by ownership projections here on FanDuel. You can see all three guys we have projected at over 30% ownership. Uh, which is just crazy on FanDuel. DraftKings, pretty much the same, except Zeke's just a, a little bit less at 26%. So, I mean, again, it's football. Yes, these guys are amazing plays. Yes, I think these are guys that you want to play in cash games, but no uh, no problem fading them in uh, tournaments at all. One guy that I like that's kind of stuck out to me late, um, and I don't think he's going to be very owned at all, is actually Miles Sanders. Uh, we have him at just 5% owned or 6% here on DraftKings. He's really cheap. Reports are that he's back to pretty much 100% health. Uh, we loved him last week thinking that he was going to get a matchup and, and be healthy. I uh, wasn't healthy, so we should really love him this week as well. It's it's a fine matchup, pretty middle, middling matchup uh, against the Rams. But overall, he's for his price tag, I think he's one of the best tournament options um, on the slate. Uh, other ways you can go are I think Ronald Jones might actually get some decent ownership, but I think he's an okay kind of, again, middling option. Uh, David Montgomery, I think, is an okay middle-priced option as well as somebody that could get a little bit more work uh, with the Bears being slight favorites at home. Um, The crazy thing is here, I'm not overly interested in paying up. Like most people or most weeks, we like to play Christian McCaffrey. 
And I'd love to say that I think he's really a strong option just because he's going to see a really low ownership this week comparatively to what he typically sees. But I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really love him in this spot either. Um, if you do want to just play the, the ownership game though, I think you can do that, but it's a really tough matchup for him. He struggled against the the bucks in the past, uh, struggled against them last season. Uh, so I don't like him. I think if you're paying up just to be contrarian, the guy that I would go for is, is Saquon Barkley. I think he's a fine play again. I, I don't think he's nearly as good as the the Derrick Henry's and the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world. But if you want to kind of stick in that price range and, and pivot to somebody that's a little bit lower owned, I think Barkley would be the guy. What do you have? Like 13 carries for six yards. Yeah, it wasn't game. good. It wasn't <laughs> it's insane, good. But I was, I've never seen an offensive line perform so poorly in my life. Um, all right, let's keep this rolling here because there's still a lot of questions to get to. Let's talk about wide receiver Tuttle. Let's go through some of your cash plays. I know there is a ton of cheapies here that are viable, but I don't know if that's cash viable or tournament only. Yeah. Um, a lot of cheapies, a lot of them are cash viable. And, and honestly, that's going to make the slate is, is basically if you, if you pick the right cheap receiver out, I think that's essentially going to decide if you're going to win this week or not, unfortunately, which makes it not all that fun of a slate, like I said. Um, but Devonte Adams, we'll start up top. We'll start expensive Devonte Adams. Um, again, really, really good spot for him. I do not think you absolutely have to play him in cash games. I think he's going to be one of the highest owned receivers. I think he's a really, really, really good play. Uh, but I don't think he's an absolute must at his price point. Um, So if you want to fade him, I think what you would be doing is basically coming off two of those lower price receivers in cash games and finding yourself more in that mid-tier. If you wanted to go that route, guys that I'm looking at the mid-tier range would be like Amari Cooper, I think, is uh, way too cheap for the matchup uh, for his expected target share. I like Amari Cooper in cash games. I also like um, on DraftKings specifically, I think Mike Evans is a little bit underpriced. Um, Godwin's out. I think we should see probably double digit targets for Mike Evans in this spot. Again, I like him quite a bit on DraftKings specifically at his price point. I like T.Y. Hilton. I think he's a viable cash game option. And then if we're getting really cheap in terms of where we want to go, I think the three guys, well, there's, there's actually more than three guys you can entertain in cash games, which is, I guess, again, kind of what makes the interesting decisions on the slate. Uh, but on DraftKings specifically, you're, you're looking at like a CD Lamb at 4,700. You're looking at a Deontay Johnson at 4,500. You're looking at a Christian Kirk at 4,300. You're looking at Corey Davis at 4K. And then you're looking at like Perriman at 3,800. And so I think most lineups will play two of those guys in Devontae Adams. But again, like I said, I think in cash games, it's viable if you want to, to settle in two mid-tier guys as, as opposed to playing two of those guys. Okay. Uh, Christy, I want to talk about wide receiver GPPs, but first give me your favorite of those cheapies and your least favorite. Is there one of those guys that you're like, I can't do it. I'm just, no, not even in a GPP. For me? Yep. Yeah. Um, I would say for, for some of the cheap guys um, I do like on, on DK, I think Deontay Johnson, I think, you know, that's a, that's a good play there. I think that's some good value. Um, I'm a little skeptical on playing Corey Davis just because I've been burned so much in the past, but um, you know, obviously he's a great price play this week. So yeah, Deontay is probably one of my favorites. Okay. Let's run through some of those other GPP plays you like there yeah, wide receiver. Yeah. And I can't remember if Tuttle mentioned this or not too, but Adam Thielen, you know, I'd throw him in the mix. You know, I don't know how, if, you know, if he'll get overlooked at all this week, just because there are like, like he mentioned a lot of great plays in that mid tier area. Um, also Kelvin Ridley, you know, if you really want to get exposure, there's so many ways to, you know, kind of dissect that game. 
Um, Gallup will probably get overlooked as well. Um, so there's some, some good plays there. Um, I would also mention Marquis Brown, um, Hollywood Brown. I think, you know, with um, Lamar Jackson going to carry some ownership, you know, he makes some sense and, you know, even throwing in Mark Andrews once we get to the tight end area. Um, but he's someone to have interest in. Um, and then Paris Campbell, I was also going to mention too, you know, especially on Fandle, he kind of falls into a good range where maybe he can make some cash sense, but also makes a good play. And I know Tuttle also mentioned T.Y. Hilton too. So I'm on a lot of those plays, but just add a few more in. Okay. Excellent stuff. Let's talk tight end. You mentioned Mark Andrews already. I think what he had two scores last game. He's running more routes. He looks like a good play, but I'll let you handle tight end here. Yeah, I think, you know, for me this week, um, I'm, I'm probably looking to pay down because there's some other areas that I want to pay up on. So, you know, I'm looking at guys like John o. Smith, you know, I think he makes some sense for Tennessee with, you know, again, AJ Brown being out. Um, there's going to be, be a few more touches to go around there. Uh, Logan Thomas is another guy that I like. He's very cheap on DraftKings, but, but very cheap on um, very cheap on FanDuel as well. And then, um, you know, of course, if you're paying up, like we said, you know, Andrews, I think Kelsey is going to be way under own today because I think people will be doing that just paying down um, like we mentioned. And then the last guy I'd mentioned is um, TJ Hawkinson. Um, he really came through with Galladay being out. I think he really makes a sharp play and I think he's going to carry some pretty low ownership today. Excellent stuff. Tuttle, tight end thoughts. Yeah, tight end. So um, I think the build for cash games on DraftKings is you're going a little bit cheap at tight end. Um, so it's like Chris Herndon type of, type of range, 3,400, Logan Thomas, 3,600. Um, somebody I like in tournaments is kind of a bring back or a bounce back spot, I should say. Uh, I played him a lot last week. Uh, he did not perform very well, but he was on the field a lot, ran a lot of routes. Uh, Hayden Hurst uh, going up against Dallas. I like him. I think Dallas will be one of the more popular stacks, even with Tyron Smith out. I still think that Dallas passing attacks can be one of the, the more um, owned spots. I think I like Hurst quite a bit as a, as a bring back option in that spot for, for stacks uh, for that game. Okay. Uh, I've had a couple people, I know this is wide receiver, but a few people have brought up Scotty Miller. Any interest from either of you? Thumbs up, thumbs down on that. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's definitely a, a, a good play for sure. You know, <sighs> with Godwin being out and all um, there's so many good plays in that mid tier that I found myself not personally finding him in too many builds, but I do think he is a good play. Okay, great. Uh, Tuttle, why don't you talk defense really quick and then we'll get into stacks and, and take some questions. Yeah. Defense. I think it's kind of the same thing as it is most weeks um, on DraftKings. You kind of just play the lowest price defense you can and you know, that will allow your build to work. So I'm actually fine playing the Jets defense. They're only 2K um, on DraftKings. I think they're completely fine if if they make the rest of your lineup work. Um, another stat or defense that I like quite a bit, um, I like the Bucks defense at 2,900. I think they're a really good kind of still not too, not too expensive, but I don't think they're going to be all that owned just because, again, I think people will settle below the $2,900 price point on DraftKings for defense. Uh, so I'm fine with uh, Bucks as kind of my favorite lower owned defense i guess uh one thing i'll add there on the bucks defense and someone just asked uh, if they could get a weather update there in tampa bay uh winds right now 13 miles per hour gusts of 22 i expect those winds will get right to around 15 sustained gusts close to 25 that's really borderline that's maybe a longer throw or a longer kick could be impacted it's not gonna disrupt every throw but it could be the difference between one deep ball being a touchdown or one deep ball being the interception 
So I think just a little bit of a weather advantage there in Tampa Bay for the defense as well. Christy, uh, any defenses that you are interested in? Yeah, I would maybe mention too. I know on FanDuel, I you know, Bucks really makes a Buccaneers defense makes a lot of sense over there. Um, I think Arizona, I don't know how popular they'll be. I think they're thirty six hundred dollars. I could see um, you know, that maybe making some sense. And again on FanDuel, too, I found myself with some builds with the Kansas City defense too in there. Okay, great. That leaves us to talk about stacks. And the, I feel like this is the most important thing is like what what team are you stacking? Don't screw this up. Like this is what matters. This is what I always mess up. So Christy, what is the stack that I need to be on? Last week, it was not Tom Brady and Gronkowski. I, I know that much. Yeah. Well, I, I like the Atlanta-Dallas game just as much as everybody is. And I think what makes it nice for tournaments too is the fact that there's so many players that you can mix in with the stacks. You know, I mean, you're looking at three receivers for Dallas, you know, with, with Lamb and Gallup and, and um with Amari Cooper. And so you, you've got all those guys and then you've got the opposite side where you've got Julio and you even mentioned, you know, Hayden Hurst and Ridley. And so there's just a lot of variables, a lot of combinations to go. So I still like it and I'm not going away from it. And I'll definitely, you know, have, have a good chunk of that in my, in my tournament play for sure. Okay. Anything more contrarian because you mentioned yeah. that that's yep. the easy one, right? Yep. That's the easy one. So for yep. contrarian for me is I, I, I found myself on quite a few chiefs builds in my tournaments lineup because I just think they, you know, if they're going to be low owned, we all know what they do. I know typically they haven't played well against the Chargers, but they're still the Chiefs. So I know one guy we really didn't mention, but, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he has made quite a few of my builds um, on some GPP um, tournament teams. So I, you know, I like him a lot too. And I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. Kelsey too, um, Tyreek Hill, some of those guys that are going to be way under owned. Um, so that, that's probably my favorite contrarian stack on the week. Okay, great. Tuttle stacks. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think like the chiefs are going to be low owned, but yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. So I, I agree with that one. Um, again, like the Atlanta Dallas game as well. I think Detroit uh, green Bay is going to be a fairly popular spot, but I think that's a good one to go back to again. Um, I think you can get a little bit contrarian with that if you want. I think everybody is going to be all over the Green Bay passing attack. Um, looking for leverage off that game, I don't love it just because they ran four running backs out there, but Aaron Jones would be the guy with the highest upside out of the, that backfield. So if you wanted to attack that game, but kind of in a little bit of a different way, Aaron Jones I think would be the guy that you would look to uh, out of the backfield. Uh, Arizona-Washington I think is another pretty solid game stack. But then one I like quite a bit is uh, Baltimore-Houston. I think some of these, kind of almost similar to Kansas City, I think some of these Baltimore players are going to be a little bit lower owned. Um, and we know where most of the concentration of their offense is going to come through, at least through the air. We know most of it's going to come through Marquise Brown and, and uh, Mark Andrews. So if you're stacking Lamar in that game, Lamar Jackson, you can do it with uh, Marquise Brown. You can do it with Mark Andrews. And then we also know where the majority of the targets are going to go for Houston, and that's Will Fuller. So I do think the the Fuller, Marquise Brown, and, and Lamar Jackson stack is, is really good for GPPs as well. Excellent stuff. Okay. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes until lock. So if you guys have any questions that you want answered by a couple really sharp people, now is your chance. You can literally ask anything. Two things to note, though. First, uh, we do have a deal ongoing for Core 4. So go ahead, sign up, get some money off. It's already a great deal. It just got better. Also, we've got the Crunch Time Tournament. You have a chance to try to beat me mano y mano so go ahead sign up uh, i think we've got maybe 75 people i think uh, possible to join that so go ahead jump in it's five dollars to enter 
With that said, it is time to take some questions, and we will start with Madison. And Christy, this one is for you. DKGPP, would you prefer Taylor and Devante or Julio and Amari? Is it a big swing or is it more of a coin flip? Who you said you said Taylor. What was it? Taylor and Taylor and Devante or Julio and Amari? Yeah, I mean, I think it is fairly close. Um, I am probably going. I'm probably going the first one. Okay, great. Uh, Jamarius says, "Tuttle, am I crazy for going Tyrod heavy today?" I mean, I don't love it. Uh, we saw him struggle big time uh, last last week. Uh, the, the biggest thing or the biggest concern for me last week, and again, it was actually a pretty decent matchup for him, is that he didn't run a whole lot. We liked him a little bit last week just because we thought he'd be using his legs a little bit more. Uh, he wasn't last week. So that that's the biggest concern for me in that spot. I think, yeah, I mean, I don't love it. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it, I guess. Well, you're not crazy. He's yeah, you can, you crazy can, for doing it. No, you, but you can have some exposure, but I wouldn't. Yeah. That's not where I would put most of my eggs. Yeah. All right. Uh, Robbie D says, DK Cash, you want Gurley, Sanders, or Mostart? Christy? Mostart? Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I would probably say Sanders or Mostart, I guess. I would stay away from Gurley for Cash. Great. Jay says, in DK Cash, you want Scary Terry and Deontay or Evans and Humphreys? Terry and Deontay. All right, Christy, back to you. JRC says FanDuel Cash, Lamar and Campbell or Kyler and Cooper? I would actually say the first one, Lamar. I think Campbell makes a great play for for Cash, too. Excellent. Generic says DK Cash, any interest in Paris Campbell? Yeah, he's fine. He's one of those cheap receivers that I guess I didn't really mention. Um, He's fine. I would just make sure you're not pairing him with like three Colts because I do think there are builds where – you have three Colts. I, I would play, pick Deontay Johnson over Paris Campbell if you already have like Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton in your lineup. Gotcha. All right, we'll go to Duff's question, Christy. He says, what are your thoughts on Mo Alley-Cox in FanDuel Cash? Um, I, He didn't really uh, make any of my builds for cash, but he's definitely in the tournament mix. Okay. And back into the YouTube chat real quick. Ryan says, do you like Ryan or Trubisky? you know, if, if, if price is not a concern, I would say Ryan. Okay, great. Uh, Megan Tuttle says Miles Sanders in a FanDuel GPP. Yep. Mm, oh yeah. Yeah. All right. FanDuel cash. Christy Amal says FanDuel cash Lamar and Ridley or Kyler Murray and Devante. I would probably say, was it paired with Ridley? It was uh, Kyler Murray and so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was Lamar and Ridley or Kyler Murray and Devante. Okay. Um, I would probably say I do like I'm pretty high on Devante. I'd probably say Kyler and, and, and Devante. Great. All right. Matt says, who is the late game hammer Tuttle? Hopkins, Clyde, Brown, Andrews. Who's the hammer? I'm Marquise Brown. I love it. All right. Uh, oh, this is a good question. Uh, Matthew says, DK Cash, Christy, do you want Mostert or do you want Mostert over John Taylor? John Taylor has like all of the little Roto Grinders tags. He's yeah. got like six little he, colors. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't fade Taylor today. I think there's other places to fade just because of, you know, his price and the amount of touches that he should get and things like that. So pretty high on Taylor today. Great. All right. Um, 
AD says, anybody on Naheem Hines, right? He scored twice last week, I think, but now he's the second back. Any interest, Tuttle? So that's the that's you could use that as an answer to the question Chrissy mm-hmm. just answered. If you're going to fade Jonathan Taylor, you probably do it for Naheem Hines. You don't play him in the same lineup. You either fade Taylor. If you're fading Taylor, I would. I think the Colts are going to score points. So if you're fading Taylor, you want, I would say, either Naheem Hines or T.Y. Hilton in your lineups in hopes that those are the guys Hmm. scoring the touchdowns over Taylor. That is very clever. Good thoughts. All right. Uh, Let's see. Rocky Raccoon says, I haven't heard anyone talk about $7,200 Stafford at low ownership who could potentially throw it 50 times, surrounded by cheap wide receivers and tight ends. Any interest, Christy? You know what? He is one of those guys that didn't make my quarterback pool this week. I can see how a person could get there for sure. And again, you know, there's a lot of good builds that if you're taking someone cheap at quarterback that you can really kind of load up on some studs. So yeah, it makes some sense to me. Great. Bazinga says, Hey, can you run a little naked Kyler in GPPs to be different Tuttle? Um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, he ran it. I think the thing to note though, is that he wasn't like running designed runs last week. It's not like they're looking for him to scramble. Um, but again, the, the, the Washington football team has a good defensive line. They'll likely get pressure on him. He could, you know, run the ball. But this isn't like a Lamar Jackson thing where they're actually designing run, running plays for him. So I wouldn't bank on it on a weekly basis, but it, it's, not, it's not terrible. Okay. Stan. Uh, all right. Three and a half minutes. Stan says DK Cash is a 3v3. Christy, Dak, Amari, and the Bucks D, or Kyler, Hopkins, and the Jets D? I would say the first one. Okay. JMVP, DK, single entry GPP question title, Drake or Sanders? I like Sanders slightly. All right. Jumping back over to the YouTube chat real quick. Um, All right, Christy, could Sheenault for the Jags be sneaky today? I don't think he's that sneaky. I played him. Yeah, I don't think he's sneaky. I know he popped up on some projections and things like that, too. So, you know, I think he's a pretty good player. Yeah. All right. Paul says, sub $5,800 wide receiver on FanDuel. Do I want Scotty Miller over the Chalky Lamb? Um, I'd rather have Lamb, but. Me too. Okay. All right. The answer is no. Uh, Italian Mamba DK Cash, the best combo of these gentlemen, Christy. CD, Deontay, Kirk, Corey Davis, and Campbell. That's a hard question. Okay, the best combo. I, I do like Lamb. I think he is a good play. And out of that, I'd probably take, probably take, just say Campbell too. Yep. Yeah, probably those two. Great. Good work. All right. I'm Authentic says Perryman or Cepheus? Is there a dude named Cephas? Cephas, Cephas yeah. Cephas um, is a great name. I'll take Perryman. All right. Uh, <laughs> Megan Smiles says, uh, any interest in. Goddard in FanDuel cash for tight end. I wouldn't be looking at him for cash. Um, I do think he makes a good GPP play, but I think, you know, some of those lower end ones that we talked about, like Herndon and, and Thomas and um, John Smith are maybe some better cash plays. Okay. Uh, let's see. DK cash from K Sig Tuttle. You want Cooper and Rojo or Evans and. A- Cooper That's too and many Rojo names. or Evans and. It's the wrong amount of, it's just the wrong amount of names. I'm, I'm taking a different question. Uh, Cooper and Rojo or Evan slash a Rob and Gallup. Uh, 
the Cooper Rojo. All right. Uh, Mark says DKGPP, Sammy Watkins or CD Lamb? I would say CD Lamb. Gregorius, DK Cash, Evans and Coop or Adams and Campbell? Yeah, and that's basically the the decision I was I was talking about when we talked about it. I like the Evans and Cooper side. Okay, excellent. I imagine we're coming up on lock here. Uh, and those are all the questions. So, Devin, have we done good? We got 40 seconds. All right, who's who's your got to have? Oh, we got the tournament. Go ahead, fill up the tournament. If you haven't already, you get a chance to play against me, except I don't think I had a chance to join the tournament. Sorry. Um, <laughs> who's your got to have them? Who's your guy, Christy? Who's your favorite play of the week? Oh, favorite play of the week? I would say, um, oh, boy. I really like Derrick Henry. I mean, I think he just makes a great play this week. Okay. I love your Kansas City thought this week. I'm I mad at Kansas myself City. for not playing yeah. Kansas City this week. Okay. Tuttle, you got a favorite play of the week? Um, I'll just go off the board with Miles Sanders. I think he's the the lone guy that, that has a really good week. I love it. Good stuff. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the lock. Excellent work. Uh, Tuttle, no pressure, but you need to qualify for a live final. Yeah, I know, right? Today, just to, you know, to keep it even. Uh, guys, we're still going to take a few questions after lock. We'll hang out here for a couple minutes. If there's late swap questions, or even better, if there are strategy questions, these are the two people to ask those questions to. So go ahead, uh, bring it on. Uh, and we do have a few questions coming in. I don't know if these are late swap, but Hammer says, any Gibson love, Christy? A, a um, Gibson? Yeah, I, I, I can see how people would, would consider him. He's somebody that did not make my player pool this week just because there were so many other good options that were in that price range that I liked a little bit better. All right. K Sig says, Thomas or Herndon? One of you guys was talking about Herndon. I don't remember which of you it was. I think they're both great plays. I know they're pretty pretty similar. I think Herndon was a little bit more on, on FanDuel. Um, I'd probably take Thomas, but it's very, very close. Okay. For those of you who are still hanging out in the YouTube chat, don't forget, we got a deal going on today. You can get, uh, you get money off an already great deal. So go ahead, jump in the Core 4 Play. There's all the best tools and you have, you know, all the best experts in the biz. So go ahead, jump on in that. Um, oh, showdown question. Do you guys do showdowns? Yes. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Uh, I will ask this to both of you then. You both get a shot. Tuttle, you're first. Who do you like as a showdown captain for the Pats versus the Seahawks? Um, I would go with, I forget who's less expensive between Lockett and Metcalf, but that's the way I would go. All right, Christy, you got a favorite there, showdown yeah. between Pats and Seahawks? Yeah, I was probably leaning toward those Seattle receivers too, I guess. Um, yeah, probably Metcalf is who I'd go with. Okay, when doing showdowns, is there some sort of, this is the position you should put in captain, generally speaking? Like, do you want a quarterback there? Or so, is that a bad strategy? Quarterback is the most commonly used. So if you're looking for leverage, um, then typically receiver or running back is kind of the, the play that you would go with. Um, don't put kickers there. Don't put tight ends there. Don't put, I mean, unless we're talking about like a Travis Kelsey type of tight end, right. Right. Don't put tight ends there. Don't put defenses there, that type of thing. But yeah. Um, quarterbacks most commonly used, but if you're looking to get a little bit of leverage on the field, receivers and running backs would be the way to go. So my thought here, Christy, tell me if I'm wrong, would be that if your quarterback is going off 
there's probably a receiver that's catching those touchdowns. Would it make more sense to plug in the receiver in that case? I mean, obviously it's harder to pick the receiver, yeah. uh, but do, do you follow that rule as well? Not, you don't put quarterbacks in? I do. No, I'll put quarterbacks in though, too. I'll do a little bit of both, but when you're really trying to win a big tournament, depending on one, which it is, you know, you mm-hmm. want to try to get some leverage, putting in a receiver or running back or something like that can make some sense. Okay. Excellent. Uh, let's see if there were any more questions here in the old discord. Uh, your favorite late slate GPP stack on DK. I don't even know what the late slate games are. So Christy, you got a favorite out of those? Kansas city is late, right? Yeah. I would definitely say Kansas city. Um, they're just, they're kind of, they're, they made a lot of my tournament lineups today. Yeah. I just, yeah. I love that play. All right. Tuttle, you got one. Mar Marquise Brown, bring it back. Will Fuller. Okay. Excellent. Um, I think with that, we can get on out of here, guys. I think we have done our duties. We get to go relax and watch a little football. So uh, good luck, guys. Appreciate you. Tuttle, Christy, Devin, always working hard behind the scenes. Guys at home, we appreciate you. We love you. We will catch you next week. You have been crushed. (laughs) 